This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations, and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from the moon. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, Andy dips into Blizzard's world of reckless addiction, and we talk about the perilous landscape of massively multiplayer online role-playing games. Dan took a detour into Final Fantasy XV and wrapped up his time in the Midwest with Far Cry 5. The Donald threw our old pal Jeffrey Beauregard under the bus and competitive gaming woes abound. We look at High Times recommendations for a rockin' rad 420 and take a peek at IGN's top RPGs of all time. Gwent is getting a facelift, and finally, the legend of 420. Where does this mysterious time to toke come from? Find out today, maybe, if we remember to talk about it. We'll also be settling in for a smoke sesh with our strain and our munchie of the week, so stick around for that because it's going to be a good, good time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me as always, the one, the only, the David Letterman, if he wasn't retired and old, Dank Dan. Andy, can you uh, check the aft compartment number two? Uh, I am showing a gas leak on the instruments. Yeah, certainly. I'll, I'll, yep, I'll check it out. You know what? Never mind. It's probably just some swamp gas uh, coming off Uranus. I'm ready to blast off. Oh, boy. What a quality pun. I think that we can uh, officially put episode 17 down in the books. Uh, Andy, as... I'm, getting an, I'm getting another dial up here. I've got another dial in here. It says, cut your shit. <laughs> immediately oh incredible welcome aboard dank dan good to see you buddy how are you oh great to see you as well in the ephemeral uh distance of time and space that we're connecting through uh i'm feeling extra isolated yes because of what's been going on in uh in our part of the woods yeah no kidding well you know what all i have to do is hear your voice and i can visualize your big dumb face Oh, so sweet. I've been uh, uh, cramped in, in my abode with my sweet, sweet lady, and we've been uh, sipping, you know, tea uh, brewed out of the, the the water left in our toilet tank and oh, yeah. collecting pine needles. So both uh, of you have gone eat. to a federal penitentiary, um, and oh, the question we all have is, how did you end up there? I was in I was in the Boy Scouts. I don't know where you learned your craft, my man. Oh, got you, got you. I mean, the last time I drank toilet water tea was after some particularly uh, harrowing times in the clink. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right in the old clink. I've clink. never been to the clink. I, I I've got no cred. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I you, I have seen your biker tattoo, and it it's just where your leg got caught in your bike chain. Like not <laughs> unimpressive. But I mean, eh, teetering, teetering. It's just, it's just a single red bicycle tattooed to my leg. Bicycle. I mean, that's actually that, that's that's less less not cool and more of something that you might actually get in prison. 
Yeah, I mean, because they're tattooing you with uh, a Bic pen or um, uh, this a is shank. something my grand my grandfather uh, ta- ta- told me about the uh, the Navy is they would mix uh, carnation milk oh. and soot from the uh, the wood stove to make the ink to tattoo you, and then they do it with like a single needle. So you're getting some line art. They're not doing any fills. Yeah, it would take eighty five years. I mean, you gotta like you're almost scouting out your prison location based on the quality of artist there, because you're definitely getting some prison ink. But what happens if you've only got like Bubba? The only dude who knows how to tattoo, but like he's he's got a pretty basic understanding of art. So you know your options over the next ten years are I don't know bicycle cross cross the other way, maybe a smiley face if you're lucky. All bad right. news. Right, uh, uh, teardrops. Oh, and teardrops it's rough for sure. You got to kill the guy first. They won't give you the teardrop with the promise to kill the guy. No, you that that's you, there's no credit on that one. You gotta you gotta make your payment up front. Hey Billy the Hat. I'm good for this murder. You know I am as soon as I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, no doubt. But yeah, it's been a pretty icy uh, icy world here. It's so weird because we're in April. And you would imagine, you know, spring is springing. Flowers have come up out of the ground. I hate talking about the weather in a podcast, but it bears mentioning yep. that we are frozen under the deepest, uh, the deepest deep freeze that one could imagine in the early weeks of April, whereupon I literally had to chisel off three inches of ice from my car this morning. Quite now, not fun. Andy, I'm going to bring the full metric system to bear. We got 55 milliliters of rainfall. Mil- millimeters mil- of millimeters. rainfall. There you go. That's but the metric both, system. Both. First one, then the other. Yeah. They're both the metric system, my kind scallywag. Yes, there you go. Well, full marks in this uh, in this preliminary uh, you know, English geometry class. Geometry is not what we're but, talking about. And it, it, and it's so funny because, like, I feel two things are happening. It's becoming extremely Canadian and up in here because we did say millimeters. And also, we're, like, spreading a dirty stereotype. Like, it's April and we're talking about inches of ice. And I wish I wish we weren't propagating that myth that it's, like, always ice-laden up here. Yeah. But you're right. Like, we were ready to, like, grow some daffodils and watch bunnies uh, frolic freely while they look for fornication. But instead, uh, we were... Trying to uh, thaw our vehicles from the parking lot. Yeah, it's it's a, put a real damper on that bunny fornication. And let me tell you, mm, doesn't get much mm-hmm. more Canadian than waxing my chest this morning with some triple A dark grade maple syrup. That's how you get it done. Oh no! <laughs> Spectacular. Yeah, so that that kind of put a damper on my weekend. And it, it's interesting because you know when you end up with no power, um, and luckily we actually didn't end up with no power. But I understand that you did. Uh. We got a flash of, of electrical issues, but other than that, we're uh, pretty pretty clean. Oh, yeah. No no plebs on this podcast. Um, but, you know, it, it did bear mentioning that on Friday night, I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs, wondering what in God's name I was going to do if the power was out. Um, what do you do with no power, Dan? No video games? No Netflix and chill? Do you just chill? I... I want to, do you just chill? You can only chill so long and then you hit a chill wall. Right. You become very unchill. Uh, you you go, start going backwards folk, and the chill time continuum. That's right. The, the, uh, the seafarers called it cabin fever and that will set in. And I won't lie, like I did some math. I'm like, between like all my battery devices, I probably have eight hours if I stack them end to end. So um, I did. I did pull out a couple books that were... Um, you know, uh, have been taunting me from the bookshelf, but I like put them behind books. some glass. 
uh, I put them behind some glass with like a tiny red hammer and wrote in case of emergency <laughs> under them. <laughs> really only in case of emergency. Um, I say that in jest because I am a, a voracious reader, but most of my reading happens to me instead of me to it. In other words, Audible is my new best friend. Uh, and almost every book I've read over the last 10 years has been in audiobook format, which is kind so, of it, sad and upsetting if you think about it. Andy, let me wheel it back. Not the company you just said, but a generic audiobook service until they write that first check. Until they write that first and second check, because let's be real, we're not, uh, not going to get souped up front. We want that ongoing revenue, Amazon. Thank you very much. Did you just like say, like, they cut you a check? They're like, oh, go ahead and advertise our, our audio streaming service. And you're like... Not yet. Cut another check. That is hard. That is a hard negotiation. Listen, man, you can negotiate almost anything with a cigar in your hand. True fact. That is a true fact. Everyone takes you twice as seriously if you have a cigar. Yep. And I mean, you have the power to burn one and all. I mean, that's that's some serious negotiation footing. Until you take a deep pull on it and cough and then complain about the throbbing in your lymph nodes. That's decidedly Tom, I'm going to have to get you to drop to 3% on this, but... Uh, oh, God, he burnt me! <laughs> yes, I sir. think you'll find 5% is where we'll land. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I spent some time rummaging in my, um, well, I wanted to say my attic, but really it was my basement. A lot of stuff seems to happen in my basement, and mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it feels a little degrading every time that I have to relate to everybody that I was rummaging around in the, really what we can only describe as like the prehistoric hell that is the, the <laughs> underside of my 180-year-old house. Like, really, it's less of a going down to my basement to look for stuff and more of a descending into a different time, uh, a time yeah. where tuberculosis was a real risk. Um, and, you know, I, I found, uh, actually, I found my old DS Lite. Did you, did you ever own Ooh. such a console? Yeah, I did. Now, is the DS Lite the one that looks like a, a makeup case? Like it's a clamshell? Yeah, well, the thing is, is the original DS was super chunky. Like I recall actually giving it away to a friend's, um, a friend's son because it just, it was so clunky, you could you just not at all feel cool playing it. So the DS Lite- It wasn't the type of gift that was like, here, son, this is dear to my heart. I want you to have it. It was like, I don't want this. Yeah, that certainly. There was no good, there was, sorry, I shouldn't say there was no goodwill behind it. There was very little Mild. goodwill. Behind Mild it. goodwill. A small amount of goodwill. The goodwill was not secondary, it was tertiary. Yeah, yes. And speaking of goodwill, they wouldn't take it either, so. Um, but the, the, uh, the, yes, the DS Lite was indeed the compactified that's a word um, version of the original DS and it doesn't it does indeed look like a makeup kit uh, which I gotta admit I kind of like about it oh no sorry mm -hmm. you're, you're actually thinking of oh what the hell is it when you're thinking of the little square one right not yeah, not the rectangular oh geez I think that's the SP Game Boy SP I think yeah, maybe. Yeah, and now I know the one you're talking about. It's a little bit wider, more rectangular. Yeah, yeah. It's an actual console size as opposed to I like mean, a Tickle Me Barbie. That's not a thing. Still could be a, a makeup kit like Revlon. Get a Nintendo. Make this thing happen like Zelda plus uh, a nice foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, there was a treasure uh, still lodged in this DS. And so I, I got to paint a picture for you because this DS Lite is in rough shape. It is brown. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't really yeah. like when I put it away, it was white. So I don't know. Yeah, really, was it originally brown? No, not. I was like, oh, check out this like brown custom deal. Oh, no. It, but it, I don't know how it turned brown. Like there's there's also Spider some like, effluvium. Yeah. <laughs> there's some like there's some like unidentified crud inside of the, the, the casing, the out the hard outer shell. So it's been steeped in spider droppings. It's, like, it's a, been like one would steep a tea. Grave worms have like squiggled underneath it. Oh, this is a dead con. Ooh, yucky. Ooh. Yucky. But what is still in good good shape is Pokemon Heart Gold, which I Ooh. Yeah, I understand. Like so I've played Pokemon Heart Gold to the completion of the first half of it and then you you know you open up a second region, which is pretty cool because most Pokemon games don't do that for you. It gives you a lot more mileage in your game. Basically jams yeah. the original um, world of red and blue in with the um, with the the second world of of gold and silver. Good value. Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, what's cool about Pokemon Heart Gold is it's also kind of rare at this point. I think like people are still paying $40, $50, $60 for it. So it's, uh, yeah, right. it's still a well sought after title. So at what point do you unlock the um, the clover and the red balloons? Like at what point do you get to that area? So this feels like a lead in to a smart ass comment, um, but I'm just I'm oh, not. No, that's the whole up. thing. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. It's already been launched. That's clovers and it. red balloons. Are you hallucinating? It's like a lucky charms. It's like a lucky charms having, joke, I guess. You're having a stroke because there's gold. Um, was it heart gold or hard gold? Heart, as in the thing in your chest that beats when you like Pokemon yep. and and otherwise yep. does not. Because hard gold was my uh, my male porn performer uh, handle. Yeah. Um, okay. Great. Great. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I was pretty stoked to find it. I'm jumping back in. I've got a so I've got a save file. And the cool thing right. about Pokemon Heart Gold is, you know, it's very kid friendly. Any every Pokemon game is. You die. You like blackout. You go back to the Pokemon Center. You're, it's all good. It's all good in the hood. But I recall that I was playing a specific hard mode air quotes version of Pokemon Heart Gold, which really is based on the honor system. It's not like an actual in-game feature, but basically anytime a Pokemon faints, you have to delete it. It's called the nut. Oh no. Yeah. It's called the Nuzlocke challenge. It's a permadeath thing. So you're rolling through a merciless trainer that responds to failure with death. (laughs) It does. Now that you mention it, it does feel a little dark. Um, but I'm it, so sorry, Pikachu. <laughs> now you have to die. It, it gives the game some weight because you know, with with the Pokemon RPGs, I've talked about them before. I, you know, I, what I find is that I get kind of bored. It's the same kind of formulaic level mm-hmm. your thing up to the end of the game, and then you find some mm-hmm. sort of roundabout way of grinding your Pokemon's level to a hundred, and then you're pretty much good forever. Um, right. But when you're doing the Nuzlocke, there's a real element of death involved, and I think it really just brings it up a level. Yeah, so just to get clear, you weren't getting your jollies off anymore with just a normal Pokemon. You had to mix, just sprinkle in death in there just to really bring it back. And you called this mode hard mode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not just like arbitrary death. It's professional murder in the line of duty. Right. And I mean, I think that's something we can all get behind. Yeah, I think, I mean, listen, I can get behind it. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so I'm stoked about that. There's definitely some train. There's definitely some train playing to be had with Heart Gold. Um, I think it it, it genuinely is the finest of the Pokemon RPGs. Heart Gold, we salute you. Oh, no. It's already out. Already gone. He's already saluted. Uh, So our good man, um, Donald, uh, I don't know, Donald J? What's Gerald? Donald J. Johnny. Donald, Donald Johnny? Donald Johnny. Donald Jehovah Trump. 
Sounds like a burger mascot. Old Donald Johnny wants you to get a flame broiled whopper. <laughs> um, our good man, Donald J. What is the J for? I have to Google this now. Donald J. Trump. What is his middle name? Other people have Googled this also. What is his middle name? Donald John Trump. It is Donald Johnny. It's Donald got Johnny. It. Got in one. Got it's it in only one. the most common man's name on the planet next to Muhammad. Perfect. <laughs> I don't think it would be Donald Muhammad Trump. Uh, that's a different political race. We are going to build a mosque. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's pretty good, but let's 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 scoot right along. Yes, let's scoot right along. Um, I mean, I think I'd like that Trump a little bit better, to be honest. But anyway, um, Trump yeah. took a took a nice dump on uh, our good man Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions. We're big on the middle names today. Um, yes, by promising to codify a document confirming the state's rights to legal legalized marijuana. Jeffrey, That's what right. happened? What happened to your and old bro Trump? Just to we like like really focus in uh, a uh, an initial contradictory memo was re- uh, uh, was uh, put out by Jeffrey, um, basically reaffirming um, the uh, federal government the uh, uh, ability to, to have their the federal law enforcement agencies continue to uh, crack down on marijuana, which threw the whole uh, you know green movement in into disarray because it made companies sort of hesitate if they could move forward because it's still federally illegal. And this was a big win for um, Mr. Uh, Beauregard Sessions because he's been uh, just had a, 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 a tiny little rager for prohibition uh, since he was just a wee lad. And, and uh, uh, it oh, yeah. seems that it's, things have gotten icy uh, between the two. Yeah, Jeffrey is no longer tenting over prohibition, let me tell you. That's right. Donald's like, oh, I noticed that uh, you're no longer go- going to be uh, redirecting the inquest into my uh, wrongdoings. Well, <laughs> Mr. Uh, recuse himself, I believe uh, I believe I'll just drop this little memo. I like that like, Donald Trump has become Chris Christie. <laughs> like that's just- yeah, he's like, he's, <laughs> Beauregard's just like, oh my, I do declare. Oh boy, these accents are getting worse by the minute. Um, but yeah, it, it is It is quite humorous. It is quite fascinating. And I'm sorry, uh, sorry, Mr. Sessions, but this one looks like a, ooh, like a not so, ooh, not so good. Now, say what you want about uh, old uh, DJT. Uh, you know, uh, lots of shortcomings, but the man knows how to punch back. Yes. He knows how to punch back. Uh, Jeff Sessions was supposed to be the guy that redirected uh, the uh, the FBI special investigation away from Donald. And then he recuses himself because he's basically involved. And uh, Donald's like, uh, I will get you back. And he did. Now, Donald doesn't know that he's 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 been gotten yet. Like he's he's really, really resisting. He's like uh the Roadrunner and um, Wiley Coyote. He's like the coyote who's ran off the uh, judicial cliff, but he hasn't looked down yet. You know, the floor, yeah. the ground is no longer beneath him, but he's like, if I don't look down, it doesn't count. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's, he's, he's still running. Um, but, you know, the uh, I got to tell you, the one thing that I love about you, Dan, is when you go into like... Uh, is when you go into like bad weather newscaster mode. Yeah, what what really happened is Donald Trump and Je- Jeff Sessions, and uh, it's just amazing. It's really it's really quite legendary. I'm glad you enjoy it. It's like I can picture you out in a in a cold storm with a parka on. Right. I hope you going into it uh, some other time in this podcast. Yeah, I hope so too. So I tried a straight CBD dab this week. It was freaking awesome. 
I don't know where this CBD came from. It, it, uh, a friend of mine had some in a powdered form, um, which looked immediately suspect. <laughs> I was like, that does not look like something I want to dab. But uh, tr- truth be told, it was, it was indeed CBD. Um, have, you ever, have you ever consumed straight CBD before? I have not. So I have in the form of vape. So I've vaped CBD before. I've consumed CBD water. Um, and I've also, I want to say, I had some CBD edibles, some CBD gummies. And, um, I, you know, every time there's like, you know, a nice kind of body, I, I don't want to say buzz. It's not really a buzz, but it's a sense of well-being and relaxation that goes on in your body. But the beautiful thing about this CBD dab, which I understand that a lot of people tend to mix with a dab of straight shatter or wax or what have you, um, but the beautiful thing about this straight CBD dab is that it also gave me some like mental clarity as well. It was almost like, I don't even know how to explain it. You know when you wake up super refreshed and your mind is extremely sharp? You know, you know that? Mm-hmm. Fact? Yeah, it was exactly that. It was like 4 p.m. or 4, 4.30 p.m. on like a, a Friday Obviously, the end of the work week, you know, ready to clock out and just a little a little a dab of the CBD. And I was ready to do another three hours. Indeed, I did. Actually, <laughs> it was pretty wild. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. Very, very efficient. I feel like if it wasn't for my my strong um, desire to not consume cannabis during the day, I just I sometimes I especially during the work week, it's not something that I that I would do. But boy, CBD is uh, is making a strong contender for a productivity aid. It's, it's so interesting because one of the um, sort of curves in your performance is uh, you'll notice that after you've been awake for a long time focusing, you'll, you'll start to feel the physiological uh, responses of, of pushing yourself. You'll get that acidy feeling in your eyes. You know, when you blink, yeah. your eyes almost burn and you start to find your attention span weighing, uh, waning. Part of that is your body goes into these reparation functions when you fall asleep. Um, you know, both mentally and physically, and, and one of them has a lot to do with your pH. Uh, and CBDs, uh, being the non-psychoactive component of uh, your your uh, cannabis, as a cannabinoid, uh, it is a novel approach to anti-inflammatories. Um, you know, traditional medicine only it has a very limited use of, or a number of anti-inflammatories that it can bring to bear. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have pretty serious side effects um, and interactions. So uh, to bring the CBD to bear, it, it gets really fascinating as we uh, separate uh, the different can- cannabinoids. And I'm by far uh, not an expert, but uh, uh, when I uh, went to speak to a doctor about this, uh, what I was really pleased to see is how many of the producers offer uh, CBD sublingual oil, mm, um, you know, yeah. a CBD drop that you can just put directly beneath your tongue. It's Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, I mean, I've actually had some CBD Exactly what you what you said. CBD oil. Um, that that's another way that I've consumed it before. It was weird though because I took so I took a very high dosage of this CBD oil. There was a really right. small amount of THC in it. Had a really right. weird sensation though. I tried it before bed. I'm not sure if like maybe the concentration of it was off or perhaps the percentages of it were off. But I just how can I express to you that was the only time I've ever consumed CBD where it felt almost like too much. Like I was really the only word that comes to mind is. Smirchy. I just felt, <laughs> I just felt like I remember waking up at like probably, I went to bed at say 11 o'clock and I woke up about an hour and a half later and I had to just like get up and walk around a little bit because my whole body just felt a little too smirchy. I felt like a, like a marshmallow man melting into my bed and I wasn't. So just so I can focus in on what smirchy is, who is the most smirchy, smirchy person you've ever known or seen the, like a the, celebrity? The Michelin man. 
the Michelin, the Michelin man. man. Yeah, he's, he's full smirch. He's a full smirch, and that's and that's kind of like what I envision or I envisioned when I was in that in that state. And I just I really want to underscore it wasn't a psychoactive high. That's not what we were dealing with. It was a full on body smirch, clinically speaking. I- you know what, Andy, on one of our future podcasts, we really need to get a biochemist that knows their stuff because, you know, I've tried to uh, dive into this and I get lost, That but the biochemistry gets uh, pretty complicated pretty quick. Um, and then I, I go back to Dilbert Comics. So maybe we should earmark that for the future. Yeah. Uh, or just call it, you know what we should do? We should have a podcast what? where before we start the podcast, we take an obscenely high dosage of, of CBD because you can't, of course, overdose on that stuff. Um, right. You know, nothing but smooth sailing and good stuff. But I, I, I wonder what a podcast would be like in a totally relaxed, smirchy fashion. I, I think that only one of us can. We can't both. Someone's got to captain this carnival cruise. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it appeared you'd be doing your you'd be doing your outdoor extreme weather newscaster voice. Except it would be super slow. It appears that my arm has melted into my torso. You're, we're seeing a warm front come up from the southern regions. I'm looking in your direction, Debbie. <laughs> I t- boy, that is, uh, yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing you could say at the office to register a sexual harassment suit. A sexual harassment suit? Now, is that a 40 long or that sexual harassment suit? I think the sexual harassment suit is definitely like a pinstripe zoot suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that's definitely it. What do you uh what are you wearing to the office on Monday? I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing my sexual, sexual harassment, harassment suit. suit. Yeah, for sure. Dad, please don't. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Jeez, I'm pretty God. sure every- You know the rules, son. Every fourth Friday of the month. Oh boy. Yikes. Yikes. Um, Dan, uh, I hear yikes. you. Uh, I hear you went. Uh, hashtag, hashtag me too, guys. Come on. Oh, come on. Don't make fun of me too. Get out of here. Um, I, that's not, I'm not, that's not, I'm recognizing. I know. We're I'm paying respects, paying respects. High five, exactly. fist bump, all that thing. Um, Dan. You're not going to salute them, you piece of garbage? Listen, I will use up my second, <laughs> there's no second salute, but. Me, no, just a single salute. Single salute, a mo- Andy. A, mo- that's a, what moment of, you. a moment of straightforwardness. Hashtag me Please. too. We salute yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, no. Purple Dungeon Squid approved. Um, Dan, yeah. uh, I hear we need to light a little it's a good candle. good thing our all-male podcast approves. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, all, all of the layers of the patriarchy that are flowing through me sure. right now, let's just get rid of yeah. all of that. Me too, it's a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, am I ever derailed. So I, You got this. <laughs> I feel as if we need to light something aflame, maybe a bowl, but possibly just a candle, to celebrate uh, a momentous moment in your history here, Dank Dan. Uh, it is true. I have graduated to uh, a hallowed level of of, uh, of cannabis obtainment. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I, I got a referral by my good buddy Andy to go see um, a uh, a medical doctor, um, who then in turn uh, prescribed me a script um, to obtain medical cannabis. Yes, for yeah, I mean for sure for for a, a litany of, of of elements and and yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it's a, it's a it's a good. He thing. ran out of space on the form. He said, "No, no, that's." That's enough. <laughs> Please stop. Oh, but it's a good thing, man. I mean, you know, there's a lot of really fantastic benefits of purchasing from non-gray market um, suppliers right now for for you know wh- whatever the the purpose may be. But um, you know, you've got you've got some very clear listings of THC and CBD splits. You've got some very clear genealogy on all of those strains. And most importantly, you said it. Yeah, well, most importantly, you're you're not dealing with. 
I, you know, I hate to say it, but untested um, uh, dispensary weed. Well, I, you know what, and that's that's a little bit of the fault of our federal government, uh, who has forbidden labs from testing uh, marijuana from any source other than a medically approved source. And listen, I get the idea of not um, supporting or legitimizing something you consider to be, uh, you know, prohibited, but it only increases the safety of the consumer and, and their experience. But, uh, you know, that said, that's a huge element for me, uh, Andy, because... Uh, I want to, I really want to, as you know, I'm a little bit sensitive to dosage. If I know what's going on, I know how uh, lightly or heavily to tread. So I'm excited to, to have an exacting level of CBD and THC. And then I can really uh, get a baseline to see how I react. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, a lot of what I'm, what I'm dealing with has to do with like, you know, a little bit of anxiety or sleep uh, issues and inflammation. So to be able to sort of control my inputs, that that's going to be a, that's going to be a sort of a big deal for me. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, microdosing, I'm a huge proponent of it. I think that it's the I think that it's the way to really experience a strain to its to its fullest. There's something to be said for, you know, ripping a big old bowl and, and enjoying the effects of, of a straight up rush of cannabis. Um, but my my personal preference is to just enjoy a little soup song. And, you know, if, if you've got a strain that's specifically effective in dealing with anxiety or specifically uh, effective in dealing with, um, you know, for example, inflammation, I know that you've got a pretty gnarly accident history that you're, uh, you know, that you're presently treating. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to enjoy that uh, for what it is. Yeah, no, no question. And uh, so I'll kind of uh, keep you apprised of how it goes as, as I sort of test through because I am excited to have a a high CBD experience and, and something with high CBD and some minimal THC and just see how that, that hits me as well. It's like to truly be able to uh, know uh, the, the strain lineage and see how it affects me. Because certain strains I seem to react really badly to, you know, I get red in the face and, uh, you know, in some cases I think it's because it's been grown outdoor um, you know, obviously not as common now, uh, but near something like ragweed or something I'm allergic to. And then it hits me like a ton of bricks and uh, right. That's definitely gotta, a possibility. Gotta, wow. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, so for, for folks that have, you know, seasonal allergies, if they, they hit you up, uh, near something that, that, that you don't, you don't do well with, uh, you may have an adverse reaction. So it'd be very interesting. Pump yeah, for it, bud. Yeah, man. Well, welcome to the ranks of the Illuminati. Because you're Illuminati. Because you're lit, Illuminati. Back to the drawing board, my man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even the, the 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 bad the bad pun alarm has gone off. <laughs> Just well, apologize and thank you, dog. <laughs> that is my fine Perfect. pooch. There we go. He's the. Uh, <laughs> We let the cat out of the bag on your secret membership, and he was the first one to correct me. Um, alert, 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 alert. And uh, on that note, why don't we transition over to our sponsors? This episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by Dan. Do you know? Uh, Oscar I, knows. I know Oscar knows. <laughs> Oscar knows. I think it's kibble. Is it fresh kibble, big guy? It's not brought to you by fresh kibble, but it is brought to you by Weed and Video Games. Weed and Video Games, thank you. Thank you for being there, friends. Um, you know, no payment yet, but uh, lots of enjoyment. Payment and karma, payment and happiness. Uh, also brought <laughs> to you by <laughs> Jeff Sessions Diary. A mean man said something really jerky about my memo today. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Midwestern Mystery Casseroles. I guess you could call it a tuna fish casserole, but uh, your mouth might say different. 
<laughs> Brought to you by Feeding the Ducks. Come here, duck. Come here, duck. Come here, duck. Illegal. Brought to you by trying to remain a leader with armpit stains. Okay, everybody, we're going to go for the uh, the gold. We're going to hit the end zone. Oh, I'm moist. I'm moist where I don't need to be moist. <laughs> Brought to you by lighting your joint on a stove element. It's your last line of defense when you absolutely, positively must blaze but refuse to leave your house. Lighting your joint on the stove element. Is there anything worse than being caught without a lighter in that scenario? Like, you're just, you're like, okay, you go through that mental checklist of all the things that produce enough heat to conflagrate a joint, you know? You've been reduced to a primal state where you're considering all kinds of things. You're like, if I knock these two rocks together, will I produce enough spark to light this uh, <laughs> small amount of cotton ball that I have? Will, will that do it? Can I can I then light this joint? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, you turn you go from you go from highfalutin canisseur to survivor man in, in three seconds. And finally, brought to you by Pruny Bath Hands. Really, the only way to hold a wet glass is with Pruny Bath Hands. Fun fact: I think Pruny Bath Hands are an evolutionary response to getting better grip when you're in the water. 100% buddy. Yeah. You nailed it. That's it. If you want to actually sponsor the show, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Until then, you'll have to put up with all of this nonsense. Please send money. Please. We re- we're really running out. Oh, Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. Um, buddy. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Three more things. That's me. That's you. I'm the guy. You're the guy. I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. Who's a good boy? Dan's a good boy. Oh, it's me. That's it's me. I'm getting a treat for sure. Oh, buddy. Are you ever getting a treat? Uh, I can tell you what was a treat. Um, I imagine you played some video games over the past week. Yes? I, I've been known to. Yeah. You played a couple of those uh, digital uh, gaming experiences. A couple digital releases. There was a TV. There was me. There was a console. Oh, Dan, the times we had. How do you know if you've had a digital release? Ooh, normally the, the police arrive shortly thereafter. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, buddy, I have, d- I have dived back into one of my old standbys. The, um, you know, it's that... It's Do you that mean relapsed? Relapsed is the exact <laughs> word. It's that drug that you keep. It's like that, you know, you, you've, you've gone into recovery. You've gone into mm-hmm. you've gone into the ten step program. You've succeeded. Mm-hmm. It's six years later. You're in Budapest, and all of a sudden, you know, a series of circumstances occur where you've got like this little baggie in your back pocket, and that baggie is wow. It is world. It is. of Warcraft. You said to yourself at first, you know what? I'm just going to see what they've done recently. I'm just going to check out the website before now. Uh, too long. You've started a ten day free trial, and you know what, Andy. I blame myself. Yeah. It's uh, it's like that innocent little email that says, we, uh, we'd we like you to come back. Azeroth needs you. And you're like, well, I mean, Azeroth. If, if Azeroth needs me, like, geez, I mean, oh. who can who say no? Who am I to say no? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, it's like slipping on an old pair of shoes. It's like slipping on an old mm. pair of shoes, that old pair of shoes you have in your closet that are hideous, worn through, duct tape on the soles. But, but I don't know, for some reason, putting them on just feels amazing. That's World Hello, of Warcraft. old friend. Ah, uh, yes. We're going to be... I've missed you. Mm, yes. But, um, but you know, what's interesting is my, my daughter, she's very young. Uh, you know, she's, she's, she's just coming up on four. And for some reason, she's totally enamored with, um, with me playing World of Warcraft and watching me play. And admittedly, you know, I've been playing WoW since beta. 
So for a long time, over the last, I don't know, I think Humble this is brag. Humble brag. Original <laughs> original gangster here. And back up, folks. Um, but you know, so we're we're almost eight expansions later. And over the past, let's call it even three, four expansions, I you know, I certainly haven't been as deep into it as when I was in university and, and let's just say I had a little bit more, you know, a little bit more time to uh, you know, to 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 dive in. Um but boy, can I tell you that the game just fundamentally is so much more fun now. There's just there's so much stuff for like a casual player like myself to enjoy. What was the last expansion pack you played, Dan? Uh, after Burning Crusade, it was Wrath of the Lich King, right? That's right. Yep. And what was after that? Wrath of the Mists Lich of King. Pandaria. No, then it was Cataclysm. That's when they went back and redid all of the earlier zones and dungeons and stuff. S- so Papa D did get himself some Cataclysm yep. briefly, and that was the dark day that I moved my character from Alliance to Horde. Ooh, poor choice. Well, my friends were all playing Horde, and uh, I had been away from my, my hunter long enough that I didn't feel as deeply entwined. His soul was not my own, so I could gotcha. sacrifice him on the Hordish pyre and... Uh, down went Arthon, the dark elf hunter, and Rose, X like Christmas, the orcish uh, hunter. It's just a terrible handle, by the way. What does X like Christmas even mean? I don't know. It's clever. Whatever. I don't. I mean, is it clever if you, you know have to explain like, it? Well, I mean, if you're an idiot, it doesn't land. So I mean, <laughs> uh, but you charged. know, X like uh, Xmas. Right, uh-huh. so X replace so X like Christmas. It's it's okay. It's, it's supposed to make you go wait. Wait, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well, definitely made me go wait. But um, but yeah, I mean, so the game now. He's a special boy, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> yes, sir. The game now, like I remember back. So you know, if you're not a World of Warcraft player, this is all this is all Greek. But you know, I remember back in Wrath of the Lich King, you've got a game that's decidedly more hardcore at endgame, right? You've got a game that, you know, as a theme park MMORPG is a game where um, most of endgame revolves around raids that you need to be coordinating pretty expertly with a group of either nine or 19 other players in, right? And so, you know, that was the last time that I really found myself grinding hard at that, that end game experience. And then Cataclysm came along and I just didn't want to do it again. And so ever since Cataclysm, you know, I've been playing progressively less and less every single expansion. Um, but this one, you know, there's just, there's a lot of stuff for someone who's not a stalwart wow endgame raider to do. They've they've really lowered the barrier to entry on endgame experiences. They've got raids you can get in almost in like a tourist mode just so you can see the stuff. They've got, you know, five-man dungeons that are on the the hard part of hard or and reward. I, I don't know if that's a that's a thing, but and reward, you know, um, reasonable gear. And that's that's good because the biggest barrier to entry on, you know, experiencing the full spectrum of of rating or of of MMOs is the amount of players you need to do it, right? Yeah. So but yeah, so I'm still actually in the leveling bracket of this expansion. I haven't actually made it to end game, uh, which is regrettable because the story at the end game seems uh, seems pretty epic. But, you know, we've been content kind of puttering around and outfitting my mage by seeing old raids that I never did. I mean, you've got 14 years of content that you can go back and kind of effectively solo and take all of that sweet gear that you wanted back in 2011 uh, for your own. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's great that uh, the game's been around so long that they can like turn up the accessibility 
of content that's already there so it doesn't just get you know wasted it, it's something for the precious few the brave the bold that still play everquest one. Oh yeah there's like 20 years of content there and there's a bunch of stuff that's unplayable because people just don't raid a lot of it anymore yeah you know uh, i do know of a couple people they're like we can two-man the old 60 person raid or whatever but uh you know it's not built in there so i you know it's it's cool that they've taken a, a page from the accessibility book and just fattened out the the middle of the bell curve you don't have to be uh you know in a rating guild and putting in tons of hours to see all that content yeah it's definitely neat um you know i mean i'm actually i'm really looking forward to the battle for azeroth that's the new expansion that's coming out in august they've already yeah. got like the pre-order up and you can do so and and if you do pre-order it now you can automatically level your guy to the cap so you can start seeing some of that end game stuff i don't really care to do that because while dungeons are kind of fun I, I i'm enjoying the leveling experience but it you know it kind of the whole thing Thing got me to thinking because I was die hard again in like 2007 to like 2009 was probably the pinnacle of my wow career um, and you know back around then hitting on like a wow was the ambition of pretty much every game studio you know it's like there was this flurry of activity people were bending over backwards to try and make an MMO that could compete with WoW. And it feels like, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like the desire for game studios to make sweeping epic MMOs has like, like died a death, you know? It's like, oh, oh yeah. Or at least it's changed. Like, what do you think about that? Oh, it's not the new hotness anymore. It's, I feel like no matter what the MMO is, the experience has sort of a similarity to it. So even if you pick up a brand new MMO title, it can feel worn so immediately. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have to say, I picked up uh, Final Fantasy, what was it, uh, 14? Yeah, Final Fantasy 14. And, I mean, it's beautiful in its own right, and you can tell there's a ton of great lore. And I ventured out to kill the first couple of mooks, and once my move set was sort of understood, I had I have no interest in venturing out and discovering that land. And that's like... That's the death of a, of an adventurer on that format because when I first dialed up into EverQuest, I was like, this brave world, I want to find every secret. And, you know, by the time I went around and, you know, poked my head into even Guild Wars, which I know you're a big fan of, I just, it's cool. I can see where it's doing neat stuff, but I just, I don't want to venture into it because I feel like I already know what it is. I feel like I already know the, the twists and the turns. Because to me, MMOs have bumpers on them. It, it's have everything happens between these two ranges of balance. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. It's it's you know it's like the next generation of MMOs. I don't know what that looks like. So to give me battle royale. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and people are making attempts, right? But it's it's just you you take a look at WoW, and WoW is I would dare say it the pinnacle of what you know, a classical EQ style MMO could ever have hoped to be. It came at just yeah. the right time and with just the right, right. frankly, art set and just yeah. the right amount of UI friendliness because Blizzard is a master at creating, um, you know, UIs that, that stand the test of generations, right? Uh, right, yeah. WoW came out in just that sweet spot where there was an appetite for it and now there's so much content like it's it's really untouchable. Like the volume of content right. and ease of entry in WoW for a theme park MMO, it's got seven expansions under its belt. It's got fourteen years of being like the richest company on planet Earth, <laughs> refining their game. Um, and yeah. you know, it's it's pretty challenging to want to try and beat Blizzard at their own game because even if you come up with something super interesting, if it's just another theme park MMO, it's pretty hard to flourish. 
right? I've never heard that term theme park MMO, but I love it. I mean, it, it fits. Oh, you have it. And if I, okay. no, first time. And I, if I can draw a parallel, there is some similarities between Fortnite and WoW. Okay. I don't in see the, it at all. The, go ahead. In, well, let me take you there, my sweet pomplamoose. I'm ready to go. If you, if you take a look, um, it has that simplistic graphics, right? Sure. Pretty, but you can run it on anything, right? right? Yep. And that that's served WoW very well. And, 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 you know, they took something that could be endlessly complicated and just streamlined it into what's fun. And I see that's, I think, in a lot of ways at the core of the success of WoW, because, you know, there's a lot of other MMOs that are out there that get way more into detail uh, with graphics and more of a serious tone. But keeping that fun middle point makes it accessible to a huge audience. And I, I think that they share those um, sort of leverage points. You know what I mean? Oh, 100, 110%. You know, you, I, I really genuinely had no freaking idea where you were going with that. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. And it, it does kind of feel like when WoW came out, the how WoW kind of rocketed into the cultural zeitgeist. And, you know, um, Fortnite's definitely done the same thing. And it's done so in a similar, a really similar way. Because when you're, when you're dealing with the mainstream gaming audience and you've got a genre that perhaps is seen as a little bit more hardcore, right? It can be really challenging to bridge the gap. EQ was, for all intents and purposes, basically Dungeons and Dragons in computer form, right? EverQuest, yeah. like if you played EverQuest, you've got like, you know, a, an image of some sniveling dude hiding out for 18 hours wearing an adult diaper and like not moving too close to his modem for fear that it's going to slow Ob down his Objection. elf. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I pretty much described you back in 1998, but... Um, Tremendous. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, WoW was, was just in instantly cool because it didn't take itself too seriously. And I think that maybe that lighthearted, more lighthearted, because it definitely was a air quote serious game like there's there's definitely a lot of mileage in that game it demanded a lot out of its players it demanded an investment in time especially vanilla wow demanded a huge investment in group coordination so yeah for sure it was a serious game but it just you could look at it and and feel like yeah i could play that game casually i don't have to be a super hard nerd to like roll in there you know is that what you like andy you like a super hard nerd. Oh boy, get out of here forever. Um, most you know, so if I'm taking a look because this this kind of conversation about where MMOs are at in 2018, you know, if I look at the most popular MMOs right now, you've got WoW, which launched in 2004 and admittedly has changed a lot as as MMOs are wont to do. Um, you've got Final Fantasy 14, which originally came out in 2010, but that was a steaming hot pile of flaming garbage so they re-released it as a realm reborn in 2013 which is an exceptional game like you said you played it yeah yeah i mean maybe you didn't get too far i played that one pretty pretty earnestly with my wife and we you know we we sunk many hours into it because it's just genuinely a a fun familiar land to go venturing in due to it being final fantasy but i agree it's very similar to wow familiar in in tone in tone, yeah, in tone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're rolling through. You've got your, you know, your traditional Final Fantasy classes. The first time you see a Cactuar and a Moogle, you're like, I'm in. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. The other one is Elder Scrolls Online, uh, and that one launched in 2014. So again, still four years ago. Um, although the Morrowind expansion, which arguably was what brought kind of all the boys to the yard, right? That was 2017. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got Guild Wars 2, 2012. You've got old school RuneScape, which kind of blew my head off my shoulders. <laughs> old school RuneScape. People are still playing this game in droves, like like a lot. Did you ever play RuneScape? Uh, like I dipped my toes in, um, but I, I was doing EverQuest at the same time, and I looked at one and looked at the other, and it was like a very clear, yeah, oh, very yeah. clear where I was going to spend my time. For sure. One filled me with wonder, and the other one was like, okay, I get what this is. Like if I didn't have EverQuest, I would have played that. Hey, uh, Andy, what about Black Desert Online? Yeah, so Black Desert Online is kind of the newest contender in terms of popular games that are played right now. I don't, actually don't know where... There's another title called Arch Age, which kind of has a similar sandbox vibe, and I, I didn't see it anywhere, so I don't even know if it's still rocking and rolling. But Black Desert... So, go ahead. Black Desert Online has a couple important components, the most important being uh, the dong slider. That's its revolutionary... Oh, does it have the keynote. dong slider? I thought that was Age of... Got- no, that was Age of Conan, bro. Oh, it doesn't. Does Black Desert Online not have the dong slider? You were like way too excited about the dong slider. I was really excited because there's only one place you put that dong slider, right? Oh yeah, all the way down so that you don't feel self conscious when you're looking at your avatar. Like good enough that it would like throw you off balance when you when you ran. (laughs) When when there's somebody tracking you, they're following the two footsteps and the unbroken line in the sand. Spectacular. Um, that not Black Desert Online, thank you. But Black Desert Online is a sandbox game, um, and it's got so it's got some really strong supporters, right? Like Black Desert Online, not really a game you get into for the story, not really the game you get into for um, you know the the questing or anything of that sort. It's truly a game that you get in for the crafting, which apparently is extremely comprehensive. And I hear that the combat is really cool, but Sandbox games like Black Desert Online are just super niche. They've got great systems, but they tend to, well, A, they seem to do better in the East than in North America. Um, and B, it's like, I don't know. I just feel, does it feel a little neck beardy? I don't know. What's, what's the, is it too unfocused for a North American audience? I, I really don't know. Uh, I mean, the sandbox games kind of fall into like two traps. There's not something to do usually that bring people together like you'll find that a lot of those games include meeting a person and then thinking for a half second is that person going to try and cave my skull in and they're thinking the same thing (laughs) so you both simultaneously try to like cave each other's skulls in and like that that's not really why I showed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you're talking about open world <laughs> PvP titles, which I'm not sure if Black Desert Online is one, but I love that shit. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I just, in terms of my MMO, I'd rather if there's like something for us to do together in the terms of like a quest line. It was, it's not just like build a hut and build some weapons and get a loincloth and uh, hope another person doesn't show up because we fear all humans. Right. And so I think that you're probably, you know, falling in that bucket of of North American gamers that want to be led a little bit. Uh, and I don't say that in like a derogatory way. I kind of want to point to my game also. It's interesting that Minecraft was such a smash hit, given that it's strictly sandbox. There's no questing or anything there. But again, it's kind of like got that stripped down graphical element and it feels very... How can I put it? Despite the fact that it's got a reasonably deep crafting system, it feels very intuitive. Uh, so, you know, maybe maybe you could make a case that you go sandbox in that direction and, and you could gain mass market success. But then you've got, you know, story-based games like The Old Republic. Do you remember The Old Republic? Yeah. 
<laughs> Straight up, yeah. You, you played that pretty extensively, so I, I expected you to elaborate, but I guess right. not. So, so, yeah, I mean, I do remember it in, in terms of what, though? Well, I mean, so if you're talking about what the next there's generation, no dong slider there's no, at all. No, right. for sure, you do have a you do have a droid slider, um, but just no dong uh, Twi'lek. Uh, what are the Twi'lek head pieces called? Ooh, they're called uh, dongles. Uh, no, they're called Leku. Oh, boom! Yeah. Boom! Yes. Look at you, Star Hard Wars. Hard nerd. Ooh, <laughs> the hardest of nerds. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the next generation of MMOs, like what? What takes people to the to the fervor that WoW brought people into? It's probably not sandbox games because they're cool, but they're niche. It's probably not story games because the old Republic went full story, right? Bioware went yeah. hard in the direction of story. And by the time that that game concluded, and by that I mean like when it started to peter out probably three, four years ago, it actually had a pretty strong series of stories. You could play through. And it was fun. That stuff was, was enjoyable. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was actually very similar to playing a single player Knights of the Old Republic game, except you had other players there to do PvP, which was meh, and also some end game flashpoint slash raids in, right? Um, I really enjoyed the PvP, man. It, I think it was quite good. Um, the uh, the game that involved the the ball, what was that called? Blitzball? Um, no, that's that's Final it's Fantasy. Not Blitzball. Final Fantasy. Hotball. Like, uh, Hotball. Was it called Hotball? It was Hotball. Yeah, it was like uh, that's too bad. You, I was hoping there's something more imaginative than that. Yeah, <laughs> they go through like the whole whiteboarding session. What should we call this? And they land on fucking. What, hotball. what do you call that 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 sports game that the huts make people play? I don't know. Hotball. Hotball. Yeah. Okay. Print. Yeah. Fucking print it. Yeah. Someone's eating Pizza Hut at the same moment. It's genius. It's original. Um, Nobody can lose. No one can lose. Um, yeah, so the Old Republic went hard on story. That didn't seem to... Like, it had a massive launch, but I think people bounced off that game in droves. So the Old Republic, unfortunately, was a big, big old... And, I, you know, I think that that game was super expensive, right? A couple hundred million dollars or something? Yeah, they they put a lot into the production of that bad boy. Yeah, I don't think they made that back. But um, awkward. Yeah, but Final Fantasy fourteen does the same thing. You know, it goes hard on story, and it's had similar success. Like it's been uh, sorry, not to tour, but like it's had a lot of success. But like Final Fantasy fourteen is another theme park game, and I think at most it has eight hundred thousand accounts or something, which obviously pales in comparison to WoW, which at some point had more players than like. Greece has people. Yes, <laughs> so it's right. It's like thirteen. Second or- Greece reference in the episode. I love it. Andy, what is uh, what is a theme park game? Well, I mean, yeah. So uh, theme park game is generally a game that has um, like a leveling structure that brings you to end game. So you know, you've got a series of quest based um, quest based interactions that bring you up through the levels and maybe there's some dungeons or other activities to do on your way up there and then when you get to end game you're playing through the latest content that's released in the forum usually of co-op stuff like dungeons and raids right and that's so are you calling it theme park because like you get on a roller coaster that gently takes you to a place to another plateau what why is it called a theme park game well i mean when you say that i think roller coaster tycoon right Interesting. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like um, how can I? Oh boy, uh, the theme park is what the devs have constructed to be a pretty 
let's call it linear, non-emergent game. So if you've got a sandbox on the far left, right, where you're just kind of left to your own devices, a theme park game is anything from the middle to the right, where you may have some agency over the path that you take through the world, but all of the quests are prescribed. If you're playing through on alternate characters, maybe there's some unique quests or whatever, but generally everybody's doing the same shit. And then you get to end game and you all do the same shit together and you see the beautiful sights and whatever that the, the developers put together. But by and large, you're kind of like head on a swivel going through the the wonderful theme park that the game developers have created for you. And that's not a... Interesting. Yeah, it's not a derogatory thing, right? You could argue that many, yeah. many single player games are theme parks, right? It's, yeah. it's just, it's kind of like the epitome of taking a game and making it single player together, you know? Yeah, and it's the opposite of a theme park game... A sandbox, yes, because you can uh, just there's nothing prescribed to do, and you can just uh, you know uh, wreck shop uh, across the whole world. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's based gotcha. on emergent gameplay. It's like here are a bunch of things and systems and tools. Go in there and rock and roll and see what you can do. Um, and that's cool too. And that's what I understand Black Desert Online does. You know, they've got uh, you said emergent gameplay, and is that the game that emerges from like? you setting up a situation and what players do, whatever they're doing, that's the emergent gameplay. Yeah, it's like, you know, where interest, it's basically just where interesting, cool shit happens uh, out of the bare tools of the game. Like, for example, you could say Grand Theft Auto V Online is a game that relies on emergent gameplay because you've got a world full of cars and rocket launchers and you know, gangs and shit and you throw 30 players into it and all of a sudden one guy's flying an Apache helicopter and, you know, playing chase with a guy in a, in a tank while other people, you know, jump over the tank on motorcycles and that's the game, right? It's emerged from the systems that, that are in it. Got it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So going back to the question, it's like, okay, so you've got sandboxes, which are just, again, kind of relegated to being pretty niche. You've got theme park games, which are have been dominated by World of Warcraft, and it doesn't really seem, even though Elder Scrolls Online is doing pretty good, I, I don't think anything's ever going to eclipse WoW at its height. You know, you've got some people who are like like Bungie's doing des the Destiny thing, which could maybe be the next generation of MMOs, more like casual lobby based stuff. But that, I don't know, that's that doesn't feel like a fresh theme. What do you think? What what else could they possibly do to create? a uh you know an experience like wow had when it hit the hit the market you know man there's only you know michael jackson had a lot of hits but there's only one thriller i think that it'll be a long time before in the room the the realm of mmos anyone you know does a hit like that but to me uh, it very much like it's a ready player one situation until vr gets to the point where it can do an mmo justice uh and be fun uh, and do other things and be just like a group chat room like they are now in many cases. Uh, I think it'll remain the king, the Lich King. The Lich King. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Like the trend that I see, just if we want to go back to Fortnite, I think people are looking, I, I, would, I would probably speak for myself, but I think maybe Fortnite can point us in the direction of people are looking at a game that they can jump into, have thrills delivered to them pretty quickly, and, you know, have a high level of skill, but also an ease of ease of entry, right? That seems like what's driven people to love Fortnite is they can get in and they can feel good about playing the game. They don't have to think too much about how to do it. And yet there's, you know, uh, there's a, a long path to mastery on it. And there's a novel kind of thing that they've dropped into. 
I, maybe maybe there's a there's a case for an MMO taking that structure. I don't know. What I do know is that especially for myself, I've been trying to make coordinating with other people for multiplayer activities like end game content in WoW or whatever. I've been trying to make that work since 2004. Um, and it's, it's just not something that is ever going to be high enough a priority in my life again that I'm open to scheduling raid nights. You know, that's just not a thing. And so... And games, games are having to script around this and you see it like uh, one of the biggest downfalls of Destiny 1 is that there was no matching up for auto matching for the end game stuff. So, you know, LFG websites started jumping up, you know, and, and becoming the de facto place where you like, you know, throw a group together. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. People are not throwing together raid schedules. And I think what's going to push whatever the the next MMO king to the top is, it's got to be streamable. And that's not something I would have said six months ago. Yeah, no, streamable is a must for sure in order for it to kind of catch fire. But, you know, kind of on that same wavelength, it's like you hit you hit kind of the nail on the head. So Destiny didn't have a raid finder. That was a mistake. Games like World of Warcraft have a raid finder. They have looking for raid. They have, you know, looking for dungeon, whatever. The challenge is when you're talking about pre-scripted fights in games. So when you're talking about a boss fight in WoW that requires coordination of five to 10 to 20 people, you can't really do that in a pickup style group. It's really challenging to do that. You know, you, you, you need pretty much 10 out of 10 of those people to be firing on all cylinders and in coordination, which is challenging unless everybody has voice chat and is willing to use it, which is a rarity. You know, unless that happens, you have to dumb down the, the, the challenge of the game, which inherently creates a gap between who should be able to beat this as a random pickup group and like, you know, if you queue up with nine other friends, it's going to be a little too easy because you've got a situation where now you're on the, the leading edge of coordination. So that gap right there makes it, for me anyway, challenging to reconcile jumping into a pickup group to take on endgame content because I feel like I'm at a disadvantage to people who are coordinating and, and together and that's really just more of a fun experience and I just don't have the time or desire to want to do that. It's something that pushed me out of like Burning Crusade is it's uh, I first came across the the group finder that puts you in a dungeon with randoms and like within five seconds some douche canoe is screaming at me that I don't know how to play my character and it's one of my most uh, anticipated applications of AI is for an AI to be living inside of WoW and handing out scarlet letters if you're an ass bag and being a jackhole and it, it, they just brand you and and it, it's going to be a revelation like people are that that guy who thinks everybody else is terrible and doesn't know how to play he gets this scarlet letter this mark of dishonor and he's like it was me it was, it was me, me the, the whole time, time. <laughs> it's awesome you know, it's, it's way better than like a, a group voting system because you don't feel like, oh, those guys were dicks. It's like, oh, the AI has systematically determined through my behavior that I'm just a fucking asshole. That's incredible. The overlord has determined that you are a fuckwad. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like King Varian Rin has a transmission for you. And you, you know what? It should be, it should be a real, like, a real um, impact. So to continue, you can continue playing, but your sub just doubled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like it's like in your insurance premium. If you're a real asshole, they uh, they charge you you know thirty bucks American a month. And if you're on good behavior, if you've got generally good reviews, they give you like a ten percent discount. I think that's a great and idea. And you're you're um yeah exactly. And it's it, there's a mathematical backing to it because they can say you know for every person you're a jackass to, we may lose a player. So you gotta gotta support them. Yeah. Oh, another person just canceled their sub. That's a that's a triple. Yeah. Things are getting steep for you there. What what is this guy's name? <laughs> what is this character's name? Oh, Dickbag Stew. He's Stew for sure. Yeah, is he Stew? I think he his uh, his handle is El Stabarino. El Stabarino. That's, that's the one. <laughs> he's, a, he's he's an undead uh, rogue. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, I was gonna try and find some disparaging career for him to be in, but there's there's none. He's just he's just Dickbag Stew. But let's um yeah. let's you know let's let's zoom out a little bit. Um. I think that that's I think that that's kind of the the thing. If I if I were to put my finger on what does what does an MMO that I'm genuinely psyched to get in on look like? It's an MMO that eliminates the hassle of having to even think about jumping into a group to tackle content. Maybe it's, you know, um a, a game that has some ah, boy I don't even know. Maybe it's a game where you zone in with other players and you're all individually working towards a goal. You know what I mean? Where your success isn't dependent on other people, but the level to which you succeed kind of determines your ranking, although it's it's player versus environment. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's the kind of the jam. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds to me, Andy, like you need to learn to love again, my man. <laughs> Reach out and trust trust a guy. Learn to love. You know, don't don't just measure him on his KPI, his damage output. Just love him as a person, man. You guys yeah. are a squad, a team, a posse. It's true. It's true. Anyway, so that's that's kind of where MMOs are at right now. Um, you know, I, I don't know what would what would rope me back into being stoked. I'm I'm excited to play the new WoW expansion, but it's predictable. You know, I'll get in there and I'll do the leveling thing and I'll enjoy that, and maybe I'll even dip my toe into some of the end game stuff. And you know, I'll probably be in about the same place afterwards, having experienced it and enjoyed it. Uh, and if I look at you know the just before we we kind of adjourn on MMOs here, if I look at the upcoming MMORPGs, 10 most wanted MMOs of 2018, most of these don't really register with me. I haven't really heard much about them. You've got Project W, some unknown game by the guys who did Terra. Uh, you've got you've got Bless, don't know what that is. Um, you've got New World, this is interesting. This is one of Amazon's two games that are in production, and it's an MMORPG. That's, oh, really? It's kind of cool. So it says, uh, da, da, da. while it's uncertain what sort of release window, uh, the Western MMO is slowly building up for a resurgence. Given the top four games on this list, you can bet the AAA money behind Amazon will want a piece of that pie. Okay, so really nothing. You've got like a V for Vendetta-esque hat, or uh, sorry, uh, avatar wearing a, a helmet, uh, and that's it. So... What kind? What kind of helmet, Andy? It's give one me, of those. Some... It's one of those helmets that looks halfway between uh, a bishop's hat and a dick. Okay, that's tough for me to place, but uh, like a conquistador helmet, something like, like that. a Spanish con- con- conquistador. It, yeah, it's like an eyeless V for vendetta face with the dick helmet, and it says "New World." So go Amazon. If anyone can do it, you can. Amazing. And the best part is, as you're playing, it collects real life data about you and suggests suggests shopping items that you may want to add to your cart. 
I notice you've turned up your volume for the third time. Would you like to order Q-tips? Oh, uh, the second you zone into uh, <laughs> the second you zone into your first group, uh, you can press yes to order a headset for fourteen ninety nine delivered to you by drone in the next twenty minutes. Oh man, uh, just a quick throwback. There was a beautiful time in EverQuest that you could type backslash pizza and it would order a pizza from Pizza Hut to your house. No, there, that's not a thing. A hundred percent it was. EverQuest slash pizza. Survey says. Is this the part doubting another doubting oh my God. Dan? In-game command to order pizza while playing. I, I have to bow to you, sir. This is fucking amazing. Yeah, buddy. So EverQuest, doing yeah. what Amazon could only deign to do. There's someone in the Amazon headquarters that was like, this is part of their case study for, <laughs> for firing up an MMO. Everyone was like, there's no fucking way we're making an MMO, Todd. And he was like, but look at this sick pizza cross sell. And all of a sudden it was born. Bezos, you've done it again. Ah, yes. Congratulations. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what Amazon has to say about MMOs. Maybe it'll be the next generation. Uh, a new generation with a discerning taste. What did you play this week, dude? I finally, finally, finally pried Far Cry 5 out of the disc tray. Oh. I'll get to that in a second. But to, I slid in the uh, long-awaited Final Fantasy 15. Oh, nice, dude. You, oh, I, I know you took a picture of the, the game. For some reason, I thought you already owned it. So did you just pick it up? I just, yeah, I picked it up when I, I grabbed MLB and I grabbed Far Cry 5. Mm -hmm. um, and I literally played it up to the minute that we started the podcast. Oh. Um, and I was going to play it for the majority of the day today. But when I slid that disc in the drive, you know what it said? What did it say? Patching? I'm going to need, I'm going to need 28 to 30 gigs of data. Nice. That's what you want. And it's, it's, the, it's like the criminal mistake you make every single time there's a game of substance. Even Monster Hunter, man, that was a big old patch for me day one, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, there, I honestly, like, I'm not big on legislation, but uh, it, you need to have 90% of the game data needs to be on the disc. Like, figure it out. Just figure it out. I bought the disc. It's the one reason I bought the disc. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a punishing logistics every thing, time. man. You know, th these, these poor developers are so, so pressed to get their game out that, like, you know, they got to they gotta press all the discs four months before they actually have it on I shelves. I get it. And blah, blah, blah. And they're always I get it because you need to get your sales and all those things. And you need to be ready well, way, way ahead of launch. But honestly, there should be a requisite system where you you know send your upc code in and they send you the updated full game i don't mean like and maybe they'll be cool and give you the patches since then but no just the actual full game because you know my little brother quick aside turns to me when he's over the other day and he's like hey do you want to play street fighter i go do you want to play street fighter tomorrow because <laughs> it's not installed on my drive and it's like it it's 50 gigs are not on the disc and it's that's offensive that's, that's offensive yeah i mean you, you lied to me it said street fighter it should say one percent of street fighter see internet for the rest i mean listen man this I is think your ticket this is your ticket to ride the street fighter ride it sounds like presented to the internet yeah it sounds like you need a ticket to buy a hundred dollar solution for like a four terabyte solid state drive so that you never have to uninstall anything i did that recently and it's awesome well lottie freaking duh well, but there you, you go. know stop being a, <laughs> i've been stop being and poor I've been, dan 
I will do my best to stop being poor. A- Andy, it's okay. I hear I got a AAA game coming at me. Maybe I'll uh, convert that into hard drive cash. We'll see. Uh, is that, uh, boy, is that payable in Star Wars Battlefront 2? <laughs> it is not. Not payable. Of my choosing. Of your choosing. Uh, but you know what? You know what? It's uh, anyway, uh, to get back to Final Fantasy, once it did finally find itself in the ether of the of the uh, mana world it uh i i fired it up and i i immediately sort of uh had the wind knocked out of me in terms of like my excitement level because it dropped me into a 20 minute tutorial and i was getting all those deep uh, like murky feelings about the game like i i was losing steam i would turn to my sweet sweet lady i'm like so this game's already over for me. It's like I, I'm like I've gone through a combat tutorial oh, where every step, oh. every step, it's like blocking, and you're in a room with a guy and teach you how to block, and then now it's going to teach me parrying. It reloads that room. Oh, just, nice. Just, just say in the next dialogue thing, and let's keep this thing going. Like programmers can just program. It's not hard. And then I'm like, <laughs> Learn I'm sitting to program. It, uh, Oh man! And it, so we get to the end of that, and it it goes. Would you like to load the lore guide tutorial? And I looked at my sweet sweet lady. I'm like, do I do this? Like, am I a, a masochist? Do I click the the lore tutorial? And I did like a fool. Luckily, I just had to look at four paintings in the same room. Luckily, didn't load every painting individually. And then we're off to the races. Um, it sort of told about the the land and and the the, sure. the sort of the the conflict that that's ongoing right now, and then a long loading screen appeared and and I was ready to hit eject and beautifully it did a very beautiful cutscene to open it that was no longer than three minutes. Yep, and then I'm playing the game. Nice, Andy, a Final Fantasy that gets to the game. Like, pass the tutorial, we'll give them a pass on that within five minutes. Nice. And I'm playing the game. Nice. I, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. And, and what it reveals to me is that this is going to be a road trip game with an ensemble cast. It's you and your your three closest buds that all have the same um, uh, uh, stylist that is a combination of Chris, Angel, and Hot Topic. Amazing. And you look like a bunch of depressed uh, muse- uh, uh, magicians, but that's okay. That's all right. Lots, uh, of, belt, lots certain... of belt buckles, big hair, brooding, brooding size. Yeah, it's like magician plus biker with like a really good hairstylist. But, you know, I, I, I get that. It's part of the aesthetic. And the graphics are choice. They are very beautiful. Uh, you know, and that's coming from Far Cry onto this. And, uh, you know, I had to pause it there because it was time to jump on the old uh, Purple Dungeon pod. Uh, but I'm actually really looking forward to this game. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's got... So I remember when you revealed to me that it wasn't a, a piece of shit. Because um, <laughs> I assumed it was. I don't know. There was a lot of hate for it on the interwebs. And I guess yeah. I should, you know, maybe stop listening to the internet because, boy, that's a bad idea. Um, they hate everything, Andy. They really do hate just about everything. But... Um, you know, there's also a mobile version of Final Fantasy 15 that's kind of a pared down version of the storyline. It's kind of a simplified version of the combat, uh, and really? yeah, it sounds sounds pretty cool. Um, I, I want oh. I want to play it in its full glory. Um, but yeah, my Momo, yeah, yeah. But this interesting. I, I think it's I th- I, don't quote me. I think it's iOS. I think I you can lie. you can play it on your phone, and it's uh, yeah, it looks it looks neat. It's done in like here's that word again, chibi format. Big head, small mm-hmm. body, little kind mm-hmm. of simplified avatars, but it looks cool. 
it's funny because there was another one that came out called like World of Fantasy or something, and it's like a mishmash of all the different fan, Final Fantasy characters and its own little story. Could you be mistaking that for this? No, or is it's it, this is Final Fantasy fifteen Pocket Edition. It is. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's for the. It's on the Google is, Play Store. Is that a Final Fantasy in your pocket, or are you just happy to see? Ooh, you? boy, always happy to see you, Dan. Uh, so my initial, uh, you know, uh, uh, taste of this is good. Although, from what I understand of the combat system thus far, uh, the dodge is not a timed dodge. If I'm holding the dodge button, when something attacks you, you just dodge? Uh, and I, so Weird. So, where I'm at a loss, and I'm sure I'll be schooled as we go, if I hold the dodge button, I think I'm just invincible. Gotcha. That's one of those things that you you definitely need to test before we misinform everybody. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I mean, listen, this is literally I've just just gone through the tutorial. I know next to nothing, but something that I think is going on is there might be like a really cheesed out way to do this combat. And I, you know me, I like to turn it the combat difficulty up to eleven until I'm sweating bullets through the whole thing. You know, uh, sure. it's another case of Tomb Raider with just the bow and arrow. Now I'm not mur murdering my polka friends left and right, but <laughs> it's close. Humble um, brag. Humble brag. Uh, but that that backdoor brag aside, uh, I'll I'll definitely do a second little touch on this. Yeah. And because I was quick, with your permission, uh, uh, Captain, I'd like to uh, touch again on Far Cry. Uh, you have more to say about Far Cry. I do. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, please lay it on us. So you you've you've wrapped up your time with the occult in the Midwest. Yeah. You, uh, you not baked the them one of those fancy uh, one of those fancy tuna casseroles. So the occult means they're like delving into the dark darkness. These guys are a religious cult that think they're following the sweet Lord. Um, sure. So uh, different than that. However, no pentagrams in sight. That said, uh, I have finished the game. The ending is good. Uh, I like the way it wrapped up. You can get to it pretty quick. I def definitely took my time. But like a couple notes on this game. The most powerful weapon in the game, Andy. Yes. Is the shovel. That's ridiculous. When I... Wield I thought you were going to say friendship, to be honest. <laughs> the power of friendship. You could make an argument. I've made friends with a bear and a cougar. Nice. And they will wreck shop. See, yeah. every time you bring up the bear and the cougar, I get more excited about this game. Because it just, I hear the word Far Cry and my eyes just glaze over. It's like a fucking donut. Like, I just. I you need to come to the pool of radiance on this thing. It is. Listen, I said nay to many a Far Cry. And this one pulled me in. And I'm glad that I came. Yeah, I've befriended a giant grizzly. A uh, underscore giant grizzly. His name is Cheeseburger, but I can't feed him cheeseburgers. Cheeseburger. Because his, yes, his cholesterol is too high, right. so it's it's just salmon now. But he will wreck <laughs> shop. Uh, in my arsenal of friends, there is also a Iraq War sniper. Um, we have a badass crossbow chick. Um, we got uh, a guy named Herc and another guy named... Mm, I forget. One's got a rocket launcher. One's got a flamethrower. And when you have them together in the party with you, these guys are just two of the greatest idiots, the things that they say. Uh, I don't know if I said this to you on the podcast or, or in person, but he goes, you know, I fought a bear once and uh, I did it naked because I figured the bear's naked and it's only fair. 
<laughs> Sound logic. <laughs> the other guy's name is Sharky, I think. So it's Herc and Sharky. So when you put them in your party, they both show up and he's like, ah, it looks like Herc and the Shark ride again or something like that. Classic. 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 Yeah. I mean, like, listen, uh, it sounds like a, a real nice buddy-buddy experience. Listen, it sounds like a fun game. I don't know. There's a little bit too... It just... It, Maybe I need to get past my, my prejudices against against Far Cry. It just tastes vanilla to me, but maybe I'm crazy. Now, Andy, you got to remember, this isn't about you. This is about Far Cry. All right, okay. Far Cry. Thank you. All right. Now, uh, something else that this game does wonderfully. So I'm like uh, pretty much at the point where I can go and end the game. I know it. Uh, but there's unexplored areas of the map, uh, and I, I really want to check it out. And I've unlocked a skill that allows you to go to a previously known location, but instead of the vanilla sort of travel to the spot and your guy just appears in that spot that you traveled to, you can pick something called airdrop. Okay. And what is airdrop, I hear you asking? The game presupposes that what you've done is you've selected a location and it has started you just at the moment you've jumped, jumped out of an airplane. Cool. And this game also blesses upon you a wingsuit and a parachute. So instead of having to drive an ATV or land a plane or run over to this spot, I'll go to a nearby spot and hit airdrop and then wingsuit over to the spot I want to explore. That definitely that definitely gives you a moment-to-moment -moment ability to just jump into something fun. Oh, man. And you get a bird's-eye view, and you get there so quick, and you get the added thrill of pulling your chute just a second before you hit the ground. It, it's the the only way to explore is by wingsuit. Nice. Well, I like that the lore supports it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds it sounds like so. What's your post mortem here? Have you have you gone ahead and pulled your trigger on the end, or are you not going to do that, or what? Already done. Yeah. No, it's 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 finito. Ah, okay. Good good ending. Or uh, how are you feeling about it? Uh, they wrapped it up well. Um, and I. I, I, it does give you the option to continue playing as well as there's a little selection you can pick that says Outpost Master. I mentioned it before and I didn't know what it was. What it will do is it will reset because now that I've destroyed uh, uh, the cult, uh, there are no cultists left anywhere. None of the Peggies, as they're called, the Eden's Gates worshippers. But if I hit Outpost Master, it will reset all the outpost to hostile control again and you can sort of uh, take them over and because there's so many different ways to take over outposts you can do it uh you know by helicopter going there with you know rocket launchers and flamethrowers because i did the whole game stealth but maybe i need to give uh Herc a shot and uh sharky a shot at uh at taking the spot on at wrecking some face yeah i mean you got it buddy yeah no it sounds good it's kind of like um I haven't played the game yet, but it's kind of like Shadow of War. I've got it sitting upstairs just waiting to be popped in the tray. But you've got kind of this perpetual ability to take over locations and go back in and try it different ways and use different squad mates and what have you. That's cool. I mean, it's got it's definitely got some longevity if you're so enamored with the game that you can you can roll back in and re relive the joy. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Well, cool. I'm glad to hear you. Uh, glad to hear you put it to bed, and that it's got a it's got a big old. I, I imagine Dank Dan seal of approval. Yeah this 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 game is a ten for me, and it's I mean even if wow, you're not a fan, you're kidding of the Far Cry. Yeah, it's like that nine to ten range. It's right in there, and for the year, it's my favorite game of the year thus far. Um, wow! And I think uh, until Dad of War shows up, it's it's going to be the gold star. I like it. I, that that yeah, that for me gets an Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 
Um, somebody took a cut of Star Wars and they replaced every single lightsaber sound with a uh, Owen Wilson wow. I think so we should. Like, wow, wow, I think wow, we should. Wow, we should have an wow, Owen Wilson wow. lightsaber battle right into the smoke sesh. What do you think? Wow! 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 This is podcast death. We need to stop this. Welcome to the smoke sesh. Ready to smoke the weed. The smirking and the smoking and the leafing and the doop doop. Yeah, the Swedish chef was my favorite Muppet bit. What about yourself? You know what? I liked him because you could trust him. You know what I mean? Yes. He was your friend. He was always going to do right by you. I mean, he, he would loan you 12 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she would loan you 12 bucks and then he would try and chop your head off with an Speaking axe and bake you into a pie. Bucks, can I give you 12 bucks to never do that again? Yeah, you can. You can indeed. Awesome. It's funny because I've actually recently rewatched a lot of Swedish chef stuff for my kids. Um, right. And man, uh, Swedish chef is violent. He's a violent yeah. sucker. It's crazy. He's right. got like a bazooka, a battle axe. He's like slaying these pumpkins and turning them into pie. It's quite the thing. Well, the main uh, drama of most of his sessions is that he's a cleaver wielding idiot and there's normally like a chicken that he is actively trying to behead. Yes. I mean, it's interesting what they used to show us as children. The 90s, the 80s, it was all like, uh, it was a real blur of craziness. It's, you know, the the uh, internal struggle of the Roadrunner and the Coyote, where the Roadrunner is trying to not get killed, so you get that. And the coyote is trying to eat, and you get that, and you see the folly of his existence. He's the introduction to nihilism. There you for go, a young man. There you go. Put it in. Uh, read about it in Dank Dan's memoir. I got fucked up in the nineties. Wonderful. Yes. How to skin a coyote? There you go. Much better. <laughs> Much better that one, um, dude. It's the smoke sash. Away from all the chatter <sighs> about God. our childhood woes, and uh, let's, oh, let's, let's, please, yeah, let's dive. quiet the voices mm. for once. Yeah, put them to bed. Tuck them in. Uh, a little, little blanky under the feet. Let me ask you, Dan. Uh, feet tucked in or feet tucked out? Uh, for me, or do I? Is it a move? No, that, 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 no, no. In general, do I prefer for you? In general, for you. You know what? I like the tuck. I prefer that's sick. Like the double, the double, the double blanket. I want enough blankets on me that they feel kind of heavy. Oh. and you're like, it's like you're in this like beautiful thick uh, 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 womb. That's what you need. Yeah, or a coffin of your own making. Feet out for <laughs> sure. Feet out 1,000%. It's disgusting that you, like any, oh, blankets on your feet, horrific. Anything under you, the knees needs to be naked, bare. You created a safe space for me. You invited me in the garden of sharing, and then you lit the bushes of flame around me. <laughs> I mean, Daniel, there's no wrong answers. I just, please come. Which way? You just just tell tell Uncle Andy. Um, I'm thinking tucked in. You little fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I'd make a terrible psychiatrist for that reason. What? Well, that's pretty fucked wow, up, that Dan. That is real fucking weird, Dan. Uh, what are you smoking on today there, my dysfunctional friend? Uh, highly functional, well activated. Um, 
I am huffing down some beautiful, ignominious uh, rock star. What is that word? Ignominious. It actually means something that would be shameful to do in public. Sounds like a space marine chapter master. It's literally on the word of the day calendar that I'm looking at. And did I launch it? Um, sort of half cocked. You, yeah, you for are, sure. I you did. are the kind of man that would have a word of the day. That's how. You, that's how we end up with so many half baked words in here. Ignominious. You know what? You know what? Here we go. Deserving. Double tricked you. There is no word of the day calendar in here. A double trick. Oh, you. you're a, just a real deceitful prick. Deserving or causing public disgrace or shame. I'd say that's accurate. That's uh, that's pretty much a track mm-hmm. record of your whole podcasting career. <sighs> Andy, you're coming. You're coming hot and I'm heavy so with sorry, the blows. Buddy. I love you. What happened today? <laughs> what happened? Do you need a hug? I do need a hug. I need a big old oh, hug. Man. I need a hug of this what? Uh, this this dank dank herbery. Please tell me what is the name of the herbaceousness that is going to lay you into gentle repose. Yes, sir. That will be the Bubba Kush. We're going down with Bubba. Oh, perfect. See, I figured because last week you had gone so deep into death, Bubba. I needed to bring it right. back into the realm of light with some Bubba Kush. Well, wonderful. Andy, can I can I tell you a little bit about this nuggin? Uh, yeah, please. Tell us about Rockstar. Okay, okay so uh, I'm just pulling this guy out. A very nice dusting. Um, this is part of my last batch. There is an ambulance pulling in next door. I hope everybody's okay. Back to the podcast. Um, ambulance, This guy. we salute you. Yeah. Oh, we can't. You can't. You already used it, buddy. That's the third um, one. I'm sorry. So this is another crown, and this one's interesting. It's it's part of the last batch that I picked up, and it's actually survived pretty well. It's still pretty moist and firm. Um, this one's interesting. The outer leaves uh, are quite light green, well-crystalled light green, but as you venture into the middle of this bud, the tops of the crowns inside are darker green. Oh. Um, so it has this sort of um, two-toned vibe happening. It That's is intermingled cool. with tightly compressed trichomes, little brown fellas in there. And as I pick it apart, um, the crystal pervades even on the inner of this bud. I'm actually really excited about this weed. It glistens in a way that uh, many do not. And I think it's going to rise to the occasion. Let me just get a nose on this. Get your beak in there. It's very sweet. Oh. And very approachable. It's sweet without having any kind of berry. Okay. So it's, it is, does have a sort of a, a, a sweet flowery aroma. Not too dank. No diesel. Maybe a teeny bit of earth, but like not nothing crazy like pine or cedar. And actually, on my last sniff, there's like almost a tiny bit of, of, of like a flavor of like a, a sweet flavor, not just the smell, but I can't quite... Hmm. Uh, this is the kind of 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 uh, bud that is going to offer you a ticket to ride a pink cloud off into the sweet ether, where you'll find friends and family awaiting you. Oh, that sounds a lot like dying. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy, man. It's, back, it's, back to the hug, my it's man. Kind of the like your friends and your family reminds you of death. <laughs> No, I just mean like, you know, riding a cloud up into the heavens, greeting it's friends and family. It's not a final ride. Well, they offer you the ticket. They don't hand, forcefully hand it to you. It's like, sorry, time's up, motherfucker. So it's, like it, it's more like an Uber. <laughs> just getting you to the place where your friends and family are. I feel like maybe you're besmirching a little bit. You feel like maybe 
think feel like maybe you're taking a shit on something. I re- I feel like I really came out of the gate a real dickhead here. I'm, I'm sorry, a buddy. Real sh- a real shit bag. That cotton candy pink cloud of delight. I just let me. I I wanted. I want to. I wanted. I want to salute so bad. Don't. I want to do. Don't. It so I bad. know you do. Hey, Ugh. don't do it. Restrain yourself, sir. Now I want to say number one. A I forgive you because thank you. I'm your dearest friend. You are benevolent. Number two. <laughs> Number two, I want to hear about about your nug, and, and and while you're doing that, I would love for you to take a peek. No, dude, tell me about the nug first. Okay, we'll move on. All right, that's fine. Um, so yeah, th- this Bubba, this Bubba Kush, unfortunately, looks dry as fuck. Um, womp womp, womp, womp. <laughs> but I mean, like, no, listen, you know, there, there's. So it's not loud. It's not loud weed. Um, I'm not sure if I've just unfortunately happened upon a strain that's a little bit past its prime. Uh, and it's always a sad mm-hmm. thing to see. But, you know, hopefully it'll be able to uh, to redeem itself in the bowl, right? Um, but, you know, so as a side effect, it's a little bit crumbly. It's a little bit dusty. Um, looking at it, you've got kind of, um, let's let's call it pale green leaves that are a little bit loose, loose and... Um, Loose and how can I put this? Loose and clumpy. Like we've got the the leaves kind of clumping together here a little bit. Loose and clumpy just does not. <laughs> Loose and clumpy not what you sounds want. like an unsatisfying stool. Yeah, sounds like a bad, <laughs> you know, six o'clock uh, trip to the bathroom. Um, Loose and clumpy is the rejected pitch for toe jam, toe jam and Earl. <laughs> what and do you want to call it? Maybe loose and clumpy. Loose and clumpy. Lucy and clumpy. Um, but yeah, so you know, I'm not seeing a thick coating of trichomes here. Um, it most did I? I can't tell if I've just accidentally pulled out some lawn clippings from my from my <laughs> mower in the fall or no. Um, let's get a nose on this. Let's stop talking about this depressing visage. Uh, can't see the hairs. They look like a pale kind of yellow. Mm-hmm. And getting a nose on this, I got a little bit of chocolate. Sure. Uh, a faint sweetness. It's a little woody, and I can't tell if that's by design or just by the nature of its decay. Um, yeah, it's a little chocolatey. I'd I'd say it's a faint kind of chocolatey situation. That's that's the hmm. that's the best way I can frame it. Like I got, I got this kind of cocoa sweet <laughs> sweet smell. It reminds me of like smelling. It reminds me of smelling like a like a you know those cheap Easter eggs you get at the drugstore, the kind that you can just buy by the bag full for ninety nine cents. That's what it smells yeah. like. Exactly that. Maybe a little bit of white spotting on it. You know that's you know that kind of old milk chocolate look. That's what this looks like. That's what it smells like. They're they're devastating when loaded into a slingshot. Oh, I bet. Eggs. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I mean, it sounds painful, but it sounds like that would be a fun way to experience Easter when you're like 13. It's non-lethal. I mean, goggles, everybody. Safety first. Um, what a fun time 13 is, you know? I mean, oh, terrible man. time also, could, but but fun. You, you have the ability to make the worst decisions and not realize that it was a mistake till years later. Oh, 100%. Like I still look back at some of the, like highlights would be GTing off a roof. Highlights would yes. be creating napalm out of styrofoam and gasoline. Highlights would uh-huh. be selling a very expensive watch at a pawn shop for a pizza. Like uh, two pairs of jeans because that's how many pairs of jeans you wear because you can soak one in gasoline, light it on fire, videotape it, and then have your brother stomp you out because, and it, it was, that was literally That's the, next the level, instruction. Buddy. That is next Stomp level. me out. Stomp me out. Oh my God. Stomp me out. That is like, what were you channeling there? 
fl- hot um, hot pants. <laughs> like I'm wearing hot pants. I mean, it just seemed like a just an, an amazing idea. And this is before the influences of of uh, of Jackass. You're trying to, that's you're, right off the 13 year old dome. You're trying to recreate the Wish You Were Here cover. Right there, you go. Yeah, absolutely. Heaven from hell. All right. Well, I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get this woody wood chip situation smoking down in my bowl here, and hopefully, I come out the other side uh, without a respiratory illness. Now, Andy, as we do that, uh, would you like to hear uh, uh, Jeremy Irons' take on Bubba Kush? Yes, sir, Mister Irons. We'll s- Lay it on we'll me. Straight from Leafly. Bubba Kush is an indica strain that has gained notoriety in the United States and beyond for its heavy, tranquilizing effects. (laughs) Sweet hashish flavors Mm -hmm. with subtle notes of chocolate and coffee come through the on the exhale, delighting the palate, and powerful relaxation will take over. From head to toe, muscles ease with heaviness as dreamy euphoria blankets the mind, crushing stress while coercing happy moods. Babakush exhibits a distinctive buddy structure with hues that range from forest green to pale purple. I didn't, I didn't get any pale purple in there, that's for sure. Um, the flavor of this isn't that bad. Like, it's actually, it's a little spicy. Um, and you know what? When you said those, ha- those strong hashish flavors, it's definitely got that in there. It's got that strong kind of, I don't know how to put it, pungent, fudgy kind of hashish flavor. I, I, actually, it's quite nice. This is a, it's an easy smoking strain. I've got a double bubbler going on here that I'm pulling it through. So I, I double bub the, the old, the, bubble the old double bub. And I've been doing a lot of Sherlock's double lately. Bubba. So maybe the extra percolation is just giving me that, uh, that extra bit of runway to enjoy. Um, that's not bad. Pretty good. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 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 Oh, um, and on the nose, yeah, you know what? It's almost got a tobacco flavor too, which I again, really? I'd love to attribute to the strain. It may be because <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Someone's mixed some tobacco in there, but no, for real, it's it's got like um like a raw like a American t- American cigarette flavor, like a camel. It's got that flavor to it. Hmm, that doesn't feel like it belongs there. I know it's strange. Jeremy, did somebody, uh, did somebody give a gentle uh, spritz of uh, like Stetson cologne on there or what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, why don't you go ahead and chief down on that rock star, rock star? Well, Andy, I am missing a key piece of information that we did agree to in our contract. Sure. What's sure? You're going to have to share with me the potency of this particular <laughs> there you strain. Go. Um, yeah, well, I mean, so it's it's kind of hitting me. I'm getting a little bit of a heady buzz going on. Like it's it's not the typical indica hits me always in my shoulders first. I typically like feel mm-hmm. it melt down my neck, mm-hmm. hit my shoulders, and mm-hmm. and I lean back. This is this mm-hmm. is less of a this is less of a strong indica body mm-hmm. sensation. I've got a little mm-hmm. bit of a of a cerebral buzz going on here, mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. energy levels list lifted mm-hmm. a little bit, which seems mm-hmm. not typical of uh, of what you would expect. And yeah, so it's it's good. Got a little upbeat situation going on. Well, Andy, that's all really good, and I appreciate you sharing that. The question I was asking, though, is can you let me know what the potency on Rockstar is just in case I hit it a little bit too hard and you're running this podcast solo? Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get your show on. Get paid. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Andy, 
Aunt Andy. Um, so it looks like do do do. It looks like we have no inclination or indication as to whether or not I see the word debilitating. Oh no, without debilitating. Okay. No, without debilitating. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna go weapons free on this bad boy, and uh, let's see if uh, I need to strap myself to this chair later. Yes, indeed. Why don't you jump on in? Rockstar, a cross between Rockbud and Sensi Star, is a potent indica dominant hybrid that delivers strong effects without debilitating. Oh, no. Debilitating sedation. Delibitating. Wow. I'm, de- I'm, debi- I'm delibitated. I'm delibitated. With aroma. <coughs> oh boy, my reading comprehension is a zero out of 10. <coughs> With aromatic notes of spice and grape, Rockstar is a favorite medicine for headaches, pain, and sleep disorders. <coughs> its powerful body and. Cere- there's the powerful word. Body and cerebral Again, effects twice. make cerebral. I just. Come on, brain. <laughs> Read You're these words, it. make Rockstar popular among growers who typically harvest their plants outside in mid-October, like everybody else. For those who prefer indoor gardens, Rockstar grows best using the Sea of Green method. I wonder what that is, the Sea of Green method. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know, but apparently it's one. got a 56 to 63 day flowering time. Ooh, that's, that's this, either short or long. I don't know. This Bubba Kush has impacted me on the lips, which is very strange. I've got like a tingling sensation in my lips a little bit. Not common. <clears throat> I was uh, I was looking to, to read uh, one of the uh, reviews here, and all of them look like I wouldn't be able to make it through them because the words are quite large, and uh, I feel like I have... Maybe become untethered from this earthly uh, globe. Well, here's a throwback. Yeah, Old Puff Daddy 97 wants to tell you, Rockstar is indeed one of my, air quotes, favorite strains, air quotes. I don't know what the... Favorite I don't know. Strains. I don't know. She climbs up on you very quickly. Oh. She is on top of me. She is. Mm-hmm. And you feel a body buzz and head high, and she's definitely strong enough to relieve my pain and my muscles, joints, and nerves. I'm dealing with a number of chronic health conditions. Okay, well... I mean, bless you, Puff Daddy 97. It did sound like you were leaving a review for a Swedish rub and tug. I feel like, I feel like your to- the tonal swing of that is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Nice so, fruity uh, taste, uh, says Promote Purple Smoke. Very powerful stuff. All right. I, you, know what, uh, <laughs> you know what I hear about this strain? What I keep hearing about it? What's that? that this, is, this is a strain you want to, this is a strain you want to fuck on. <laughs> Oh man! I <laughs> please don't say that anymore. Is that is that is that an unsettling way to say that? No, we said it plenty. You said it plenty of times already. <laughs> <laughs> it's already went uh, there. Uh, see, the opposite of of saying it like that is when someone says "fuggin," like with G's. Like, I've gotten like, really uh, weirded out by the, and it's not recent, but the the um, the phrase "fuck with." You know, like people say, yeah, I don't fuck with that. Or like, yeah, you know, I was, I was fucking with my boy nephew or something. And it just, it always throws me for a little bit of a loop because, you know, fuck with just has a negative connotation in my mind. Maybe I'm crazy. Right. And like people right. are like, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I fuck with the PlayStation 4. And you're like, but what do you mean? You know? Yeah. I think, I think the term fuck with in that connotation is like a side effect from trying to be hard all the time. Like you're so hard all the time. You're like, I can't say hang out with, or I can't say spend quality moments with. Yeah, fuck, I fuck with him. I've, He's a dear friend. He's a dear friend, and we spend quality time together. Like you're just I've, too hard. I've, I fuck with my dear friend all the time. Like it just doesn't. 
doesn't sound right. Oh, yeah, that's Pastor David. Yeah, I fuck with him. We pray to the Lord Jesus. I fuck with Jesus, too. What's up? Yeah, it's just so wrong. <laughs> Me and JC. Um, you know what? I just, I think you just stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you mean like, it's like, you know, oh, live explosives. I don't fuck with them. Don't fuck with live explosives. No. That's the thing you don't fuck with. That's the only Not your thing. Aunt Penny. No. I fuck with Aunt Penny. Just, again, doesn't have the weight that you want it to. Has the weight <laughs> you don't a, want it to. It's leaning really hard to one side. There's, there's really only a couple ways you can take it. Um, and so I could say the same thing about Aunt Penny. I lost it. I'm sorry. I wanted to not lose it, and then it was gone. It was Did you say well something over. sexually suggestive about Aunt Penny? Yeah, I mean, listen. Because if so, like, let's roll back the tape. Pilates, Snip. Pilates has really increased the runway on Aunt Penny's uh, milf ability. <laughs> this case is the is the vagina the runway? Is it extended? No, of the canal. Oh, I'm finished. I'm finished with that conversation. <laughs> what do you have for your munchie of the day, Dan? Munchie of the week. Uh, my my munchie of the day week is a uh, is a grand one. It comes all the way from the Orient. <clears throat> okay, I don't think we say the Orient anymore. Well, I mean, if I'm meaning like a a folksy. Sort of like uh, historical colloquialism. There you go. If it's a rug, can I say the Orient? Uh, like an Oriental rug? I mean, if you say so. I don't know where the rug comes into this. It's just something that, to my mind, can be Oriental. We had... <laughs> I remember when, when in the old phone book, when I was a kid... Yes. Chinese restaurants were not under the Chinese restaurants. They were in the Oriental, so they said... Or, and, like, restaurant names had the word orient in the minute at some point it just became not a thing everyone decided not we've come a long way since then dan it's true uh i speak a little bit of cantonese uh moving right along these are some delicious oh my friend's cantonese it's all good boom i'm gonna hate on the orient all i want (laughs) yeah people are always pulling out their one cantonese friend you know (laughs) just relax oh man wow He's clearly Mandarin. Okay. Wow. Uh, these are Kettle brand. Wow. Uh, potato chips. They're certified gluten-free. Nice. And a non-GMO. And it's there are some delicious Korean barbecue kettle No chips. one sprinkled Just any like, gluten on those potatoes. Mm-mm. <laughs> and uh, they're just like your mom used to make. Nice. Um, my, um, they have my Korean mom. A, the, there's some soy flavor in there. There's some paprika. Hit me with that onion powder. Ooh, nice. Clearly done in like a sunflower canola oil. I like it. And let's see what the last ingredient is, because that's always the most telling. Molasses powder. Oh, okay. they just nice. they wanted to get a little bit of that sweetness bonded to the chip. You've got the you've got the soy sauce in there. You need another dark sauce to anchor the whole thing. Um paprika. Paprika's lovely. Yeah, on this bad boy. Is, and you know what? Is it the smoky? Like, is, what is what is Korean taste like? Savory, sweet, and like a little bit of spicy. Okay. Um, but it doesn't leave you too fuming. Like, it really brings it home with a little bit of that. It has both molasses and ca- organic cane syrup in it, which like brings a little bit of that sweet. 
And uh, it's a well-balanced chip. I recommend this. Well-balanced. purple bag. I like it. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> that's the brand. It's a purple bag. Just head on down. They've got it. By, it's ke- it's Kettle. Kettle brand. Lovely. Since 1982. Wow. Old school. And uh, Andy, where do you think these Kettle brand chips come from? Um, I want to say New Westminster, British Columbia. It's not bad. Not bad. Salem, Oregon. Oh, Salem, Oregon. pretty close. Well, there you go. So you're right. From the right coast. They make kettle chips. They burn witches. Apparently erroneous. And it, it, what's interesting about the, uh, one of the theories about the Salem situation is uh, ergot poisoning is suspected to play a role in that. They believe some grain sat fermented. And uh, when a grain ferments, it can pr- produce something called uh, ergot, which is a, has psychoactive side effects. Terrifying. So this entire, entire town got on a mass hysteria potentially talking about witches and she pinched me and religious fervor and you know hot hot heat wow that's quite the thing well korean barbecue chips sound pretty good i've got half a date um (laughs) why is there only half of it with some do they sell it by the half with some very runny peanut butter and a pinch of salt. Oh, runny Himalayan peanut salt. butter's the worst. I like runny peanut this butter. Thing in anyone. So uh, yeah, but I've runny got, smooth. Just this date is nice and juicy. I but the thing mm-hmm. is, is normally I split a date open to find the oh no well, you, you, to find the pit inside, right? Because you don't want to eat that pit. So you take the pit out. This one though, I split open. No pit in there. So I can't tell if it's just re- like recessed itself into the date meat. And I'm going to bite into it in one horrific motion in a moment. Or mm-hmm. if indeed mm-hmm. there was no pit inside this date, which makes me think, is this some sort of genetic mutation date? Am I, is what I'm eating really okay for consumption? And we'll find out in a second here. At that point, it's just transformed into Big Raisin. Big Raisin. Yeah, like... The name of my bassist is- in my uh, progressive metal band. Yeah, you can't call him that no more. <laughs> he talked to the ACLU about that and uh, he made us stop. Fair enough. <laughs> Big Raisin is the name you call him behind his back. <laughs> that makes it so much worse. <laughs> hey, check out Big Raisin over there. Can't even keep a 4 4 beat. Big Raisin. Anybody? All right. Is that a music joke, Andy? It's a deep cut music joke? No, it was a deep cut. It was a deep cut for sure. Um, This date with peanut butter was delicious. My mouth is super sticky right now, and I feel as if I've just smacked big time into this microphone. So we'll have to see when uh, the magic of post-editing happens, if it's able to be recovered. Um, Pretty delicious. You know, it's uh, just a uniformly sweet, nutty flavor. So thumbs up on that one. Dan, I think it's about time for the Dank Dive, my friend. Oh, buddy. I think we should hop on in to the deep end. Yes, sir. Where we we dive in a dank manner into several topics seemingly at random. Yes, and we don't have a transition yet, so I'm just going to make some funny mouse noises until you get in. You got to start. Do I? <laughs> You're just killing it, man. Uh, okay, so... There uh, was a, a situation here that left uh, the Halo Pro controller um, uh, blue in the face. <laughs> Excuse me? Let me let me take that back. Back to one. <laughs> Why don't you cut that one from the beginning? Let's go ahead. Take two. And I want you to, I'm going to tell you two things. First, so what happened is uh, in a professional match, some uh, a 
championship. Uh, wow, my brain. <laughs> just Let's go back. Dial to, it in, Dan. Dial it in. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's just between you and me, Andy. What went wrong here is I read this article so fast. I thought it was about a PlayStation Pro controller, some kind of like superior controller that in turn failed this uh, oh. professional esports man during a championship match with big money on the line. He is a Halo and Pro. All, he is a Halo Pro. He does it. Here we go. There you are. Uh, here we are. My brain. Um, so, uh, championship match, actually world championship match, a, uh, guy by the name of Tyler Spartan Ganza, uh, were battling for the top three spot in a million dollar tournament. Uh, his controller suddenly disconnects and on Kotaku, you can actually see the dude's face as his controller disconnects. What a horrific moment. And at the same time, it's even more horrific. Because all of these guys use wired controllers, right? So there's no battery mm -hmm. deaths or anything like that. But mm -hmm. what's crazy, and I didn't even think about it until I started diving into this a little deeper, is that right now when your controller is connected via USB into your PS4 or similarly with your Xbox, it's still broadcasting USB. That's just a charge function. So that's pretty wild, right? Like it, it, at the end of the day, he was plugged in and all of a sudden you've got controller interference from Bluetooth. That must be doubly damning, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, where they were at in the game is he was doing this thing for the, the super pros, those, these, the OGLs out there. He's sprinting for the stealth spawn. And so it's like a key moment where they're both rush, rushing for this uh, pickup. Right. And uh, he went from being uh, three points up in that game to losing 4-3. Um, so it just kicked off absolute an absolute uh, slide. Yeah, no, I saw so, uh, I saw a Twitter a Twitter photo from him afterwards. He said, and like God bless him for having the humility to only do this because you've just lost a million dollars on what was functionally a technicality. That's that's a tough loss. That's a big L. <laughs> Excuse me. So he texted uh, one pessimistic photo of himself flipping his controller off. And he said that would be the only that would be the only lament. So good on him, good on you, Mr. Spartan, Spartan Ganza. Yeah, uh, you know, and nothing is the mating call of the the loser whiner gamer who says, "Oh my, it was my controller." Oh, it's the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the good you news just is, can't even say it. The good news is is that there's actual graphic representation of this event occurring. Can you imagine if like his controller stopped working, but it was at a point when he was aiming his sniper scope or something, so you can't actually see it graphically represented on the screen? This happens yeah. for a short period of time, and he ends up losing. And at that point, it's like, no, no, guys, really, I couldn't. I was in sniper mode and I couldn't move my controller. <laughs> You're like, OK, Tyler. Let's, <laughs> sure. Let's, sure, buddy. Let's, <laughs> it, there's a point that we got to in civilities, human beings. Yes. Because we're not monkeys. We're not animals um, that uh, if a controller disconnects, the, com the console has to go, wait, wait, assholes, disconnected controller, because generations before that. You know, your brother pulls your cord out at a key moment. You don't notice until your ass is already kicked. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're finished. Especially if you're doing that spawn camping thing. Forget it. You're done. Game over. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've risen beyond that. We've ascended to a, a time where uh, uh, there's a veracity one can lean on in, uh, in, these, these, uh, in these technologies. Yes. So moving right along. Um, I hope, someone, I hope someone took Tyler to Denny's afterwards and got him like an Oreo milkshake alongside a big pancake. I feel like that's that's what you need to give every person who accidentally loses a million dollars. Yeah. 
Every single time. Maybe one with a cherry on top. Little cherry. Andy, are you ready to get uh, ambushed by the cutest ambush of all time? Um, yes. The new My Little Pony MMO? Yeah. They're going to hoof hand you into your grave. Um, hoof hand. No, the uh, name of my high school <laughs> air metal band. It, it's the cutest thing before till you see a spear in your face or possibly a 600-pound uh, fir tree dropped on your head. Uh, the Battle of Endor is making its way, blasting its way onto Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, nice. It's a, it's a scenario you can play through the Battle of Endor. Yep, absolutely. And it's a unique game mode in the sense that it's a set amount of uh, Ewoks and Stormtroopers to start, the Stormtroopers being uh, vastly uh, technologically ahead of the uh, the Ewoks. But every Ewok that manages to kill a Stormtrooper spawns another Ewok. Oh, that's I, I got to be honest. That's actually a pretty ingenious little mode there. I've not heard of anything. That's pretty unique, actually. Right? And, uh, you know, the uh, the Ewoks have the, adva- the forest advantage. Um, and uh, in honor of this, they've also released uh, two unique appearances oh. for Han and uh, Leia, their Endor get-ups. Nice. There you go. Classic. You know, the yeah. last time I saw Battlefront 2, it was being used as a urinal puck. <laughs> True story. <sighs> but it, Besmirches are a good name. But, you know, it's a small victory, I think, for games in general. Because you got Sony going back to focus on first party and third party single player games, bookended games, and uh, the guys that really tried to monetize the pathway in the space didn't do great for a number of reasons. Um, but I think in the in the this, the the example of Star Wars Battlefront Two, um, it the monetization was really it was the most offensive and. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, you can tell because they've wheeled it back. So I'm trying to ask myself as a gamer, I know it's a good game. I even think the single player game is worth playing, um, you know, but would I jump in after they, you know, uh, corrected the monetization and open stuff up? Uh, and I think it, there's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I might, I, I might pick up. A, I think that outer limit, that outer limit of monetization, unfortunately, was run into squarely by Battlefront 2. Like Battlefront 2 was the game that hit the monetization wall and exploded in a shower of sparks and glory. I also think that by the time that this game is good, because make no mistake, it will be good at some point. You know, I mean, listen, they're already they've already announced the next Battlefront, but I, I really do feel like by the time Star Wars Battlefront 2 has gotten all of its content, there, there will likely be a reason to, to return to it. Um, and I feel like it'll be long enough from that whole debacle and we're seeing this kind of trend where people are backing away. Developers are backing away from the aggressive monetization that Star Wars Battlefront 2 had and, and, you know, maybe keeping themselves in check a little more. So I feel like we're all kind of a little grateful to Battlefront for that anyway. You know, they, re- they really uh, pressed their luck by putting something as egregious as what they, uh, they did on such a popular, like, uh, uh, product with such a huge voracious fan base like lucas is like he's already sold out he's already cashed out so you know he's like oh you guys want to mess with the universe go go bananas did you watch high fidelity tonight and (laughs) you know sold out man he cashed his chips in like what do you want me to say i don't mean that like he's not punk rock i mean like he got in there he did the damn thing he made his saga and then he pieced out and and got paid what it was worth you were cool back in the day lucas yeah i mean for sure he he definitely did that and bless him for doing so it was the time for someone else to carry on the star wars saga yeah 
Yeah. The, uh, that, and, the, you know, let's, the, let's face it, the burden of the Star Wars saga. Right. And that's that's why, like, you know, you really, you can see the EA misstep. Because if they put that on another game, maybe you would have, you uh, would have tolerated it. But, and not that you would, but you would have less of a, a big back, a back lash immediately because star wars fans and gamers are two very passionate groups yeah like they'll fake lightsaber battle you on the way to your car sure sure it's like it's like taking a magnifying glass to the sun during an eclipse you've got a double whammy two layers of 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 virulent nerd astrologically sound my man there you go more things to say (laughs) okay uh andy have you ever broken open the box of some of your favorite electronic only to be turned away by a warning label? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have. It's kind of like the same tag that tells you not to rip it off the mattress. Mm-hmm. Don't break because that. You shouldn't. No, that's Mm-mm. illegal. Yeah. We, listen, we have it in a law, so you know it's true. Uh, the FTC yeah, put you has in actually... The clink for the mattress crimes. <laughs> oh, you took, you took the tag off. Oh. You think the tag was a joke? Yeah. Oh, punishable uh, by death. I'm pretty sure that's what we wrote down on the tag that you took off. That, that's how we tell if you're a Ruski. <laughs> no tags for those commies. Damn commie uh, tag snippers. Get out of here. Go on. <clears throat> so, uh, the FTC has finally decided to uh, enact a, a relatively recent uh, 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 act. Uh, it laid out in... <laughs> Later in 1975. Enacting those acts, baby. Yeah. They, they definitely decided to enforce a um, uh, 65-year-old law in 1975. Math, not great. So you can't have a, uh, you can't have a sticker that says either a warranties uh, will be voided or um, if you don't use certain products, uh, like you must use a, this verified cartridge or, you know, any of these warranty warnings. They're technically illegal. Um, you know, because of right to repair laws and, and exclusivity stuff on electronics, they're actually not supposed to be not supposed to be uh, putting those on there. And people should be able, I agree, to uh, service their own products, you know? Yeah. Well, the FTC tackling more situations that are as interesting to hear about as reading a tax return. Uh, that's so true. Andy, you ever repair anything? No. Sir. Well, I mean, listen, actually, I've repaired quite a bit. Not in the realm of electronics, though. Yeah, not, I was not talking about our relationships. <laughs> uh, no, specifically. I'm sorry, Grandpa. I know that was your favorite chair, and I did pee on it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that, uh, that's clear as day. I mean. Oh, man. Um, you were asking me about whether or not I had ever uh, forcibly altered the insides of any of my gaming consoles. The answer is no. You describe it like a crime that they're like put telling somebody about it on hard copy. Yeah, well, it would seem uh, it would seem a little too heavy handed for a mattress clipper like you. Oh, listen, I ain't no commie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you really, really, really hit that back to me, Andy. You really, really <laughs> served that ball I'm right on. Sorry, off back. man. I had to shut down the old the old FTC uh, mm. inquisition. Speaking of killing it, GTA 5 is killing it. Yeah. In fact, it's the most killingest entertainment product of all time. Okay, I got it. So I got to hand this over to GTA 5. Um, that's a wild, wild thing. I can't, I honestly. You knocked, you've knocked it. You've knocked it out of the park. That's, that's crazy. The most profitable entertainment product of all time has got to be like whoever is the lead on GTA 5 
definitely has that printed out on his wall somewhere. That's just his motivational poster. You know, it's not like a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. It's not a Steve Jobs quote. It's just a plaque that says, I made the most profitable entertainment product of all time. Dash me. Yeah, you said it. You said it, man. And you know what? This is a great game. GTA 5. Uh, do you own it? Uh, I do own it. And you know what's a shame is that I have not. And I do believe the reason why this is so profitable is not just the hard game copies, but of course the uh, the after um, or rather the purchases for online. Um, I have not spent any time playing online, which mm-hmm. seems like a big mistake because it's, I mean, it's a super comprehensive system. There's a bunch of different modes you can engage in. You can rob banks. You can, you know, customize vehicles and earn property. And it's it's kind of like almost a, a like a crime syndicate simulator. Which, if I'm being honest, sounds pretty damn good. So clearly, other people are thinking so too. For it to be the most profitable entertainment product of all time. Yeah, and you know, people tend to agree with you, uh, Andy, that. You know, it's a quality game, and it had, does some other like perfect storm type of things. It bridged two consoles: the PT, uh, the PS3, and the PS4, and the Xbox uh, 360. And the one is that I think that's the progression. So it's a game that almost essentially released four times. Right. So you know what so I mean? it definitely got that help in volume of sales. That's right, and it it, it uh, it's bookended by you know. It's not as not it's it outperforms all the other ones in the series. It's right. the biggest single uh, boon, you know, and it's it's done very well throughout the series. Uh, but this one, this one is also uh, you know supported by some really ongoing support in terms of content online. So you were saying it, you know, that emergent gameplay. Yes, they have that, but they also start they can enter these modes that that really codify it, but in a new way. So that's the brilliance, you know. If you're somebody who likes to race, that's there. There's uh, you know deathmatch uh, stuff. There's heist stuff. Uh, I, uh, any others? I'm I'm not super familiar. I'm not really sure. You said codify, and I wanted to ask you. Like yes, straight up. If you're getting fish and chips, cod or halibut? Ooh, got to go with that halibut. Really? Yeah, me too. Me too. A cod is a popular choice, though. I find that every time I'm ordering fish and chips, the three people in front of me, they all went cod, and I'm thinking to myself, halibut, bro. You know, here's the thing: cod's a flat fish. It's a good fish, but it's a flat fish. You go the halibut, you get that fluffy, oh, that meaty, that fluffy finish. That meaty fish. That is meaty. It is a meaty fish, spoken fish like a, a true a true Irishman. Yes, sir, of which I am not. Oh, uh, no, not at all. That's Mexican. Oh, my middle name, my middle name's Lee, and it's not like the Wally, it's like the Lee that's Irish. It means like a glade. But it's not like, you know, I thought, a, I, I thought I prefer. Lee was like one side of the boat. Port, like the side? That's L E. It's L E A. Is it not? No, I don't think so. Anyway, let's continue. Well, Dank dive. Well, back in the game. <laughs> back in the game. Ding, ding. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so there probably won't be another uh, uh, one to unseat GTA Five for, because it is such a convergence of titles. But I wonder uh, if the Sega Mini, uh, <laughs> the Sega Mega Drive that's dropping in Japan may give it a run for its money. Uh, I'm, are we talking? Are we comparing the? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're they they just announced uh, that they're they're uh, releasing a 16-bit version of their mini console, the, right. the Sega uh, Genesis, uh, or is it the Master Dri- System? Nope. I don't know. <laughs> Mega Drive. The Sega the Mega Drive. Yes, sir. 
the, <laughs> the Mega Drive Mini is what we're dealing with here. Two, we're dealing with two, two high Dan. Um, yeah, games aren't announced yet. People are gonna buy it. Hopefully, it comes here. There's the quickest of the dank dive. A thing is Andy, releasing. You heard it here first. You heard it here Andy, first, folks. Andy, a what do you think a game will be schedule. on the Mega Drive? Is uh, what, what's what's? I don't know, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the Mega Drive. I got to be honest with you, not a console system I've spent a lot of time with. Sonic? Um, probably Sonic? <laughs> it's probably a good guess. Right, guys? There's, I think we'll, yeah. We'll figure it, yeah, I think Mega Drive, Sonic, Sega, it all goes together. Robotnik. Listen, listen, Dank Dan promises a lot of things on the Dank Dive, and one of them is just one that's as from as far out outfield that like it came from too far. You took a like look a at this and you were up. like, that looks like news. I'm going to go ahead that's, and <laughs> that's, that's news. No, I look like that. I'm going to, I would tell a guy on the street that, so I'm going to mention it. <laughs> this is the kind of top quality, uh, hey, content. do you know about the mega drive? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it on the side of a bus. It said no release date. I don't know about games. I don't know. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> probably Sonic is what it says. That's the tagline. Sonic. Second mini Sonic, drive. I guess, probably right? Sonic. So <laughs> Sonic in a second game, whatever that other game you're thinking is. Oh, <laughs> amazing! Oh, the Sonic. Okay, buddy. The Sonic is not for resale, by the way. That oh, buddy. Speaking of Sonic, that's such a great segue for yes. your other topic. Speaking of Sonic, indeed. So um, recently, Sonic Burger down in I want to say Missouri. So this is an interesting little article on High Times here. Sonic Burger down in Missouri uh, issued a please don't be high and come to our shop for uh, for a drive through experience um, to their loyal clientele. Now here's the thing: there's this Denver based. Uh, fast food restaurant that I don't know of, of course, because I'm not from Denver, but it's called Chiba Hut, which is pretty amazing. It's Chiba Hut Toasted Subs. I had no clue that this was a real place. That's pretty wild. Um, but anyway, Chiba Hut goes ahead and, uh, and gives them a little backlash and, and sees that, that you know, Sonic Burgers gone down, gone down in a blaze of glory in the, in the weed community because of this. And Chiba Hut's sign outside says, Sonic be snitching. We welcome the Reekin in Geekin. And so, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of sticking it to the man for Chiba Hut. I got to say, though, when you actually read through this article, you realize that Sonic Burger was a little bit miffed because people were driving through their restaurant and blowing smoke in the face of their retail attendants. Can we just both agree that that's pretty lame? So what you're saying is Sonic is against people committing like crimes and assault. You know what I mean? Like that's that's. Listen, it, that's not even a person just in public. That's somebody who's legally like they're they're at their job. They have to be there. They have to right. be accessible to you. You know, that's that's rough. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I read that line and I was like, it, it was like, oh, yeah, the uh, the Sonic employees were really upset about having smoke blown in their face. And I'm thinking to myself, well, no shit. I don't care if it's the dankest weed in Oregon. But if you're like pulling through my Tim Hortons. And uh, blowing smoke in my face, I don't, I don't care what it is. I'm going to be pretty chuffed about it. And chuffed is a you good know, thing, it, so the opposite of chuffed. <laughs> the thing is, is like, Sonic, I can tell you where the, your error happened. You deal with that with the local police. You don't blast it out on Twitter. I think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, just, I agree. It's just, unfortunately, Chiba Hut, you know, listen, Chiba Hut, bless you. Love, love what you're doing, friends. But, you know, they, they ended up getting, uh, getting the come out on top moment. But I don't think Sonic Burger deserved the, uh, the nut stomping that it got. Yeah, can you imagine, like, fire a PR person. Somebody comes to you like, I think the spin on this is we say hi, people don't come to our restaurants. They're like, we sell burgers and shakes, I assume. So let's 
let's not be that. Yeah, no, that's let's not go there. That's a super bad idea. That's like you know, your best customers get them right out of here. Just forget those guys. We don't want them here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you know, it, it's it's like fast food and cannabis go together like peanut butter and jelly, right? Um, and it's neat because a lot of businesses in Colorado or other legal states are, are recognizing that they're coming out with whatever menus specifically for um, stoners. I know Jack in the Box actually did a collaboration with Mary Jane. They had a munchie box that they put together. Uh, so that's that's all pretty cool. There's a trend that I don't really get. Um, it's called infused food, right? You know, you go... Infused. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like an edible experience. A lot of people are getting into it. And... I get why, like, I'm just not an edible person in the first place. I can't imagine, though, being high and then wanting to go and eat an edible for a munchie. You know what I mean? Like, I could see you wanting no. to eat the edible, but if you've got, like, a cannabis-targeted store where you're selling munchies that are infused and you're targeting it at people that are already high, feels like a strange approach, right? It, it, when, when eating anything uh, of, uh, of, you know, effect... Uh, you want to avoid the classic mistake of double dosing because you make an assumption of where you are in your, your a particular journey and then, you know, possibly go way too deep. And a an edible will sneak up on you, oh, especially yeah. if the table that it had settled on was a little bit tilted. There you go. And you got you got a heavy corner. You're like, hmm, tasted that one. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, boy. So High Times also did a cool little article uh, about best things to do on 420. And as we usually do each week when they come up with a list of the best things to do, it'll either be hilarious or nonsensical. And I'm excited to see which one. Um, best things. Pet a dinosaur. Pet a dinosaur. The seven best things to do on 420. Number seven, make and eat edibles. Okay. Mm. That's interesting. So. I can see that, you know, 420 is a day when you want to go big on cannabis. If it's something where you're going to be smoking or enjoying cannabis for the whole day, maybe an edible is not a bad way to go. You can kind of maintain that base of cannabis ex excitement and then just kind of augment it with a dab or a, or a joint throughout the day. I could see that being cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad move. I was actually recently gifted a, a, a magic butter machine, which is awesome because those things are like the state of the art making can of butter, um, items. And I really want to try edibles. Like I really want to give it a go. Um, I just, I want edibles that are, you need two or three cookies to, to get you there. Right. I want edibles really space it out. Yeah. I want, I want edibles where I can eat a whole cookie and be reasonably sure that like I'm, I'm just getting a light buzz. I feel like that's, that's the, the unit of measurement that I want to land on is what gives me that cookie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's getting slipped into a warm bath of cookies. And, uh, that's, that's an exciting prospect. Yeah. Number six, high time says, gather your stoner friends. Oh, that's nice. And I think that's true. It's 420. We want to get our friends around us, um, enjoy a little bit of the ganj together. This is in a, a social holiday. You got any, I, I think you said you were going to be with your, your lovely ladies scoping around downtown Toronto. Is that the, that the thought Danny? Um, I, I, we probably shouldn't specify cause there is a, uh, a gang of assassins that do try to track me down. So I, for that, I, I'm going to be in the Swiss Alps. Yes, you're going you're uh, to the entire the time. That's right. Going to get stoned to the longitude. bone in the Alps. Sorry, bud. That sounds like a pretty sick place to smoke. If we're being honest. <clears throat> yeah, get a Ricola after. Yeah, Ricola. Yeah. Well, friends is always a thumbs up. 
high times. Pick a dope place to eat. Oh, that's an, uh, see, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the holy triumvirate. That's like you've got all your bros. It's four twenty. You've uh, you've chiefed down, or you've had your edible, and you're heading out to somewhere that's not just your you know your regular fast food stop on the journey of highness. That's the we've planned out going to a sick restaurant. It's going to be a culinary experience. That sounds like a pretty nice way to do the day. Yeah, it's it's got a homey feel. You could do that with your grandma. Yeah, or your homie. Because it's got a homey feel. Take a road trip to a weed legal city. I feel like you should have given me a, more props for that one. That was pretty good. Uh, uh, ben. Yeah. Ben? You got it. Is, is Ben the way we give props now? Uh, oh, and shikaboom. Shikabam, Ben. I don't know. I don't get it. Take a road trip to a weed legal city. That's cool. That's a neat idea. Uh, I mean, we're going to be in a weed legal country soon here. Number three is check out a live uh, show. <laughs> That's nice. So you've got... It, I feel like High Times put together like the best date with my friends guide of all time. We've gone for dinner. We're nicely baked. Now it's time to go check out a nice live show, like a local band Number f- or a stand-up. <laughs> that's right and you know what i like it because you can go out on the town uh deep deep in a weed situation and know you're not going to be an asshole totally you're, you're gonna laugh and be quiet it's the drunk guy that interrupts the comedian he's like all right man calm down yeah no no 100 100 uh number two is get creative now there's some painting so after you've gone to the live show you and probably just one other friend are going to head back to your domicile and get creative Oh, that 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 sounds like a sexual problem. No, sir. No, we're just talking about painting. We're just talking about <laughs> uh, some illustration. Fair, fair. Hey, listen, I get what you're saying, High Times magazine, wink. I am never coming 80. back with you at four <laughs> evening of four twenty. <laughs> you're asking me to hang out. I'm saying no. That's a no. Did Dan you not Dan. just say like and if I go, hey, do you want to come back to my house and like paint falcons on an easel? That's my code for like fornicate with. Like that's <laughs> that's the signal I throw up. Falcons if you're like, yeah, I'm like <laughs> Get a couple Falcons on these. <laughs> uh, Andy, can I guess number one, buddy? Oh, look at those guys over there. I bet you they're putting a couple Falcons on the easel tonight. <laughs> uh, peregrine? Nah, bald. Oh, bald, bald eagles. More of a brown hawk, really. Uh, falcons on the eagle. <laughs> That's uh, not an uh, episode the- title. I don't know what it is. Ooh. So, Andy, let me guess number one. Go ahead and guess. Drive to Oregon and blow weed smoke in a sonic employee's face. <laughs> Missouri, bro. Missouri. Um, no, number one is attend an event, which I feel like is number three. So nice try, high times. You almost had us. You you bushwhacking sons. No, of I gotta give I gotta give props to High Times for that article. Four twenty is a day yeah. to spend some some good time with some good friends and some good weed. And so, mm-hmm. uh, if you're doing numbers one through ten or just getting creative and laying down a couple falcons, away you go. Let this let our greenery not separate us, but draw us closer as humans. Oh my goodness, Dan! I think we are probably going to have to land here shortly. Um, I wanted to touch on a couple things. Gwent is getting a little bit of an overhaul. That's interesting. So I know you. I know you were a big fan of Gwent, the card game. Have you played the one on iOS? I think it is. A negatory. I have not trekked. Oh. into the card game on the phone okay gotcha have you played any of so gwent is of course the card game from the witcher 3 um you did play the witcher 3 and and went pretty deep on gwent though right yeah cg cd project red 
uh, are the guys, and I they did the they did the Gwent uh, for both, and yeah, it was uh, it, I did play in the game, and I I I found it quite engaging. I feel I feel kind of guilty because I haven't actually dove, divin divin doven dove. I haven't dived into Gwent uh, in The Witcher. <laughs> Went through a couple words there, but I haven't taken an opportunity to jump into it. Um, and it looks like a genuinely interesting system. I remember when uh, the Old Republic came out, or Knights of the Old Republic came out. Um, that, mm-hmm. they, what was the game that they had in that game? It's pa- Pazak? Pazak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a sweet moment. You know, and Triple Triad in some of the Final Fantasy games is a, is a great way to, to spend some time. So the Witcher card game Gwent seems like one that I wouldn't mind trying in the game, but also in this in this iOS situation. So apparently they're overhauling the whole game. They're they're relaunching um, to create a air quotes more evocative and competitive game. So that's neat. Neat indeed. Yeah. Yeah, it, apparently it has some. Uh, it has a lot of buffed up effects. They're talking about uh, some of the nitty gritty. Is you know uh, they have front and back row c- cards that always grant buffs. So they have there's like a new global buff system they put in there. Um, it's uh, it's interesting to think of it as a live thing because it is a card game. And uh, you know, f- speaking in a in the dirty board game uh, world tongue, it's uh, a living card game, right? And it, it has uh, these evolutions, makes it interesting. Yeah, it definitely does. Well, I mean, you know, the other obvious iOS card game that's out is uh, is Hearthstone, right? Blizzard's Hearthstone. I know that you probably haven't spent one second looking at that guy. No, it's true. Totally out of your space. But I played Hearthstone for a little while and. I'll be honest, it's actually, you know, it's quite addictive and interesting to play a game like that on your phone. I know that they actually also ported the board game Ascension to uh, to an iPhone app, and it's, it's fun to play also. I don't know, playing cards on your phone, not a bad way to go. So I'd, I'd be interested in trying Gwent when it's re-released. That sounds neat. Yeah, the idea of playing cards with your hands, it's like the right shape. It's, you know, it's not controlling a mech with your phone. It's playing cards, so it's... It's kind of like sized for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, the ergonomic overview. I appreciate that. Um, okay, dude. Wow. So uh, let's do a, let's do a real quick countdown here because um, we've run a little bit long. But I wanted to go through also IGN's top list of 100 best RPGs of all time. The top 10 are pretty darn interesting. So I've played most of these. I reckon that you have too. I thought it would be kind of interesting to take a look and see where they fall on the map and see if we agree. What do you think? Yeah, I'm into that. Okay. So number 10 is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And I got to be honest, I thought this would be way further down the list because The Witcher 3 is the game that just about everybody recommends for 30 posts after the initial post on Reddit when someone asks the best RPG to play today. (laughs) Yeah, every time. Yeah, I mean, you know, where it rated for me was pretty damn high, but I, it, you know, I suffered a little bit from wandering around in side quests and not sticking with the main one long enough to get too far into the storyline. How about yourself? Uh, I found the, 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 that it bogged down a little bit, a, bit, a little bit at the beginning, but as soon as you get like a good power base where drowners aren't killing you anymore and you're done the Baron quest, uh, you know, the game opens up and lets you kind of do whatever you want, uh, whether that be chase the ma- main quest or do side quests or uh, whatever, uh, mind you. And uh, how much farther past the Baron did you play play to? Um, I think I got, boy, after the Baron, I got to the part where there's a werewolf that you got to dispose of in order to move any further. And that werewolf just yeah. kills me, you know, every single time. I think I've probably got to get more of the, I think they're called poisons or, or buffs or something on the swords. I don't know. I got, I got to dive deeper into the systems. I kind of ground my way through there and in, in a quick pace, you know, I didn't really take a lot of time to learn the subsystems. 
we talked about this off air and and you were saying that there's like a, a fundamental thing that that place is trying to teach you it's like you have to use your alchemy your poisons and your buffs and your silver dust and all that stuff right a silver weapon and uh i know you, you were saying that uh you didn't realize that every time you sleep, all your potions come back. So you figure, I have four of these potions. I'm not going to just throw them around. And plus, I don't want to play in your your alchemy game because I fear that it's going to suck. Yeah. Like if I th- I'm scared you made it this shitty and I won't enjoy well, it. Well, it's kind of like the Skyrim conversation we had last week, right? It's, it's you know, those, those alchemy games, the armor crafting, whatever, it's never been the thing that I want to focus on. I always feel like that's the thing I want to deal with later, not right now, you know? And so the fact that there are some of those subsystems that you got to dive into to get, you know, past this, I mean, maybe you don't have to, maybe you could overlevel it, or maybe you could just be way less shitty at this game than I am. Um, but it seems to me that it's almost a must at this point. Number nine is Vagrant Story. So I never played this. I believe it was an original PlayStation, PSX, and maybe a PS2 title. Did you Did you ever get into Vagrant Story? You're a homeless guy that's trying to uh, stop a robbery? Uh, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> that's a negative no something to do with the valendia knights of peace a haunted city civil war ghosts oh that was my second guess yeah i thought it was um so vagrant story number nine no idea uh diablo 2 so this is interesting i played the original diablo until i was blue in the face i was a young lad i think it was fifth or sixth grade um and i can recall my teacher at the time being super into diablo 2 which is a little strange uh, I had two other friends who were into it. Sorry, the original Diablo. I had two other friends who were into it. Um, at some point, it came out that our teacher was into it also, so we would play the... Ooh. Yeah, it's just, it was it was a little strange, but totally fine, totally cool, and uh, that's all I can say about Diablo 1. Completely skipped Diablo 2. What about yourself? Um, yeah, about the same. Played a lot of Diablo 1. I played a little bit of Diablo 2 as well, but not not extensively like uh, some, of my, some of my mates did. Yeah, actually, when Diablo 3 came out, I actually installed Diablo 2. I'm a full generation behind, I guess. Um, But I wanted to just kind of see what it was and experience it a bit. And unfortunately, when I jumped in, I didn't have that nostalgia for D2 uh, that I did for D1. And and it just felt too different. So I kind of bounced right off it. Um, Yeah. But I mean, yeah, a lot of people still consider D2 superior to D3. So, you know, it's, it's still got a community. It, it took Diablo out of the dungeon and, and did a lot of overland stuff. And at right. the time, it felt okay. But because Diablo, um, you know, that we, we've been playing recently is so much better. Right. Uh, you know, it's in, in the open world because it's a full step further. Uh, you know, I do prefer the, uh, the original, you know, uh, cathedral dive. Um, and I get if you played a ton of Diablo, you're like, I want, you know, I feel like we're trapped underground all the time. You know, so you add that into the game. Uh, yeah, uh, I re- I'm recalling that uh, I played uh, a necromancer. Isn't there a secret and, uh, cow level or something? That's the thing, right? That's in that's in the first one. Oh they yeah, explode. Right, got you. Yeah, yeah. D two interesting. Um, you know what? I, it's the game. It's a kind of game that I believe nowadays. If you log into the Battle.net server and play D two, it's pretty much all hacked accounts and botters or whatever. But D two would be a game that I'd be really interested in playing. Like local area network just smashing through diablo 2 over the course of a weekend with like two or three other dudes um a la 2001 (laughs) 
yeah, yeah. Take it back. Take it back to the old school. Take and now back. it truly is hell yeah. because it's full of, um, like you said, hacked accounts and botters. Like how much more hell- hellish can it get? Uh, for sure. It's the game that only matures with, um, you know, with outside nefarious interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven it's is like a fine port. Uh, mm-hmm. A fine port of despair. Uh, number four, seven, number seven. <laughs> number 747 is, a, is an Airbus captained by me. Secret of Mana. Uh, recently released in a in a graphically upgraded version that nobody liked so now they're releasing a new feature which is the graphically old version from the 90s mm. you're basically like you buy this new version oh wait a minute never yeah. mind um but basically uh yeah i mean this this we'll call it secret of mana classic and everybody will love it yes sir yes sir uh, yeah secret of mana is like the og action RPG um, that I don't know blew my mind and still blows my mind and I always forget that you can play two player in this game and if you can get a chance to do that it is a good good time yeah buddy Uh, cover art of this game is actually particularly stunning yeah for uh, the game even of its vintage just a beautiful painting it's the kind of thing you'd loons for sure you want to frame it and put it in a bathroom Glorious. Yes, sir. Uh, number six is Planescape Torment. Again, one of those great RPGs, um, those those isometric D&D second edition RPGs that's lauded for the best storytelling of all time. Uh, I've not played it. Um, have you? Did you dive into Planescape? I bought it in more than one uh, Humble Bundle package. Yes. And I just, I've had it installed, but I, I couldn't quite take the dive. Ah, too deep. Uh, number five is World of Warcraft. Actually, we've talked about that a lot this episode, but um, for sure it deserves... Hey, it's a good game. Yeah, it's a, it's a real good one. Uh, number four is Pokemon Yellow. Now, i got to ask, why Pokemon Yellow? There's a thousand and one versions of this game. Pokemon Yellow doesn't stand out to me as being the one. Um, I guess we can probably just consider all of the games under that one banner. It's just a pretty random, random selection. Is it because of Pikachu? I mean, it could be, you know, I mean, if you're going to pick one, throw, throw the chew on there, throw the chew chew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and like, I'm not a Pokemon guy. So is yellow like the nostalgic one? Is it the first one or is it? No, yellow is the third one. So basically Mm. it's the half step in the generation. So they released red and blue. Um, and there should have been a green that only happened in Japan, but there was red and blue in North America. And then shortly after they released uh, Pokemon yellow, or maybe they released Pokemon yellow after silver and gold. Does anyone care? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, boy. Uh, number three is Baldur gate, Baldur's gate Two: shadows of Om. Now that's a freaking jewel. Are you a Baldur's Gate yeah. fan? Tell me you are, please. Big time. Oh, thank yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, I mean, me it was friendship canceled if not. Baldur's Gate 2 Ooh. was an exceptional game, especially when played co-op. Just a gas. Oh, I never played a co-op. Because you had to play it local area network. And that just, you know, back in the 90s wasn't, uh, sorry, this was a 2000 release because it's Baldur's Gate 2. Um, so let's call it in the 2000s even. Local area network, like getting over to your friend and bringing your computer over, for me, didn't happen as often as I feel like it should have in the late 90s, early 2000s. I don't know. Did you get a lot of LAN in? Uh, yeah, I land a lot of Counter-Strike and uh, and some other games, uh, but not not a, any RPGs that I can think of. Yeah, this one was super special. I got my LAN in on this guy, played it through it, uh, through mostly to completion with a good buddy, um, and you know, rem- remains as... <laughs> what is that? <laughs> What are, you have like four or five good clips. It's like 
another guy to completion, like a huge hit, and then I smash. Oh, just like listening back and editing, you'll hear the stuff you've said. It's perfect. It'll be great for our clip show. <laughs> there you go. The ne- the never <laughs> happening clip completion show. with another gentleman. <laughs> Stop it. Just get yourself out of that mode, friend. I've got friends. I play video games with them sometimes. It's a thing. There's uh, nothing going on. I'm sorry. I'm five. I apologize. It's all right. Um, well, um, but now should that I mentioned that um, sorry, number three, the nostalgia. article. Well, let me just get in there. Uh, uh, number three, that article that that's talking about Baldur's Gate. Uh, it's written by Steve Butts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Steve. Sorry for my buddy Dan here. He's a bit of a dick. I just mean. <laughs> It all lines up. Steve Andy. was it like Steve up. was like one of our original listeners. Now Steve's never coming back, Dan. Ah, damn! I miss you, Steve. Final Fantasy VI, surprising choice. One of the only Final Fantasies I haven't played, and apparently one of the best. Yeah, same over here, man. I, I if I've played it, it, I don't remember. So that that does that counts as never played. Yes, yes, sir. And then number one, Chrono Trigger, the one game that I'm still ashamed I have not played. Really, man, missed it completely. I would like to have played it more. Um, never took it to completion, as they say, uh, on the SNES. But uh, you know, I I would I definitely play a game. Would play. Yeah, would play Chrono Trigger for sure. Oh boy! All right, buddy. Well, let me see here real quick. We got one last thing to share before we uh, we boot out of here. We boot out of here for the end of our 420 show, and I'm really hoping, by the way, that we get this show up in time for 420. That is this Friday. So the ambition is that we release it by Thursday, so y'all get a chance to listen before 420. I know you're banking on us to deliver meaning to deliver uh, your 420 plans. So hopefully, it will be out. Um, Leafly recently released the uh, the origins of 420. Dan, are you are you aware of the legend of 420? No, pray tell hither yon admiral sir. What are the origins of the legends of 420? I feel like people who are really into smoking weed, like ourselves, should know the significance of 420. I've, we're not we're not great like uh, as a group on histories of things sure. like. What was I thinking? What was what was I just gonna do? Yeah, well, I mean, Leafly brought this up, and it made me at. But, you know, at in one moment I was like, oh, yeah, now I feel like an elite group of people who knows what 420 is. And then at the same time, I also felt like, oh, yeah, I'm a dumbass and probably everyone already knows this. So I'm not sure what side of the coin we fall on in this moment. But 420 is not, for example, what I would have said prior, which is Bob Marley's birthday. I thought that's what 420 was. Am I the only one? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good contender. It feels like the right the right vibe, right? Um, it's also apparently been likened to a Holland tea time, tea time in Holland. So like four four twenty four twenty. You're in Amsterdam. That's when you have tea, but instead you're smoking weed, I guess. Right, because they are in like coffee style shops. Right, that's almost a through line. That's some that's some stone logic that could count. Some stony logic, and you know, on the other side of the coin, you've got um, people saying the death dates of Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, or Jimi Hendrix. That would be pretty pretty strange reason to smoke at four twenty. I guess it's like a respect now, thing. Hold on, kind of dark. Is though. that like a full a full like? Um, lie where they didn't actually die on those days or did they all actually die on I mean I don't really want to be invoking this through Google I feel like that's some bad Google karma but uh, no Kurt Cobain passed away bless his soul on April 5th how about Joplin Ugh, I just Wait, I don't like searching this search to <laughs> no, death it feels dirty oh it feels Get wrong 
Oh, oh man, did good. we turned blessedly, into the skit on that one. Blessedly, I've accidentally Googled death date Kurt Janis Joplin. Oh, and Kurt. Oh, Andy, Kurt. I beg you, bring this, bring this into the hangar. <laughs> We're losing cabin pressure, oxygen set at all time low. Kurt Janis Joplin. I'm almost out of Funyuns. Oh man, Janis Joplin, no. bless her soul, passed away on October 4th. So this is just Pat. Not even close. Not even in just the a lie. Just, just only, something stupid. It's only five say. months Andy, away. Andy, somebody said a thing to me and I repeated it and it was that Cat Stevens is a Satanist. And I said it so mo- to so many people that it made it back to me. And in the interim, I found out that that was patently false. And I was the only person that was saying that. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've told me that Cat Stevens was a Satanist. To this day, I um, thought he was a Satanist. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Wow. That's, uh, I launched that one into the ether. Oh. It was a real fact the, for a while. In the fall of 1971, in a high school near San Francisco, a group of students nicknamed the Waldos. They hung out by a wall like Jay and Silent Bob, so they were called the Waldos. Um, there's some sort of urban legend that the uh, the U.S. Coast Guard, there was a U.S. Coast Guardsman that abandoned his crop of weed somewhere in the forest nearby uh, when he was afraid he'd be discovered and fired. So they spent an inordinate amount of time heading out to the woods to look for this secret stash of, uh, of weed crop. Um, and so they would meet every day at 420. Um, for some reason, uh, they would meet at the Louis Pasteur statue. So they would say uh, 420 Louis. And then eventually that was shortened to 420. And then eventually they stopped looking for the mystical weed patch and just ended up smoking weed at 420. And eventually one of them was managing a band that was one of the side projects of the dudes in the Grateful Dead. It got into that circle. All of a sudden the dead were using it. Bang! Now the wall Now that sounds like our pizza. (laughs) That's it. That's the pizza. And on that fun fact, note of legend, I think let's... (laughs) Just dial it down to zero kilometers an hour and fall asleep at the wheel. Ready, thrusters. Uh, yes, sir. Listener questions or games you want us to play? PurpleDungeonSquid at gmail.com. Fire us over a question. Don't be afraid. We only bite sometimes. And while you're firing, fire a recommendo, hopefully over your friend's head. Because if you strike him, uh, it does have a high and, uh, density and, and we'll strike him. Uh, to death fake scientific facts make sure you follow us on instagram at purple dungeon squid until next time keep it dank friends so much delay always keep it dank fuck i am high